Welcome back to The Postscript, the podcast about film. The discourse ended with an ellipsis rather than a period. I'm Chris Hall. I'm Sebastian. And this is Mateo. And on this podcast, we will be reassessing films of recent memory where the discourse was left unsettled. We will try to provide more definitive takes on films that generated a lot of buzz upon release, but their reputations have since become murky, or maybe they've just fallen through the cracks altogether. Movies that make you ask, where are they now? Last week, we discussed Ridley Scott's alien prequel duology of Prometheus and Alien Covenant, where we pretty unanimously gushed over them and deemed them vastly underappreciated. And even with any bumps they may have, Michael Michael Fassbender's performance as David transcends and, and elevates the entire project into something deeply memorable. This week, we will be covering the second film in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, dead man's chest and we will be joined by by our 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 good friend and also a fellow former university film society president so royalty in the in the zoom chance free tag who's also now attending fcu's graduate film program chance thanks for being here king i would never say no to this invitation this is kind <laughs> of my dream i've been waiting for this for years i mean now there there are now three presidents in the chat and mateo yeah. is just kind of being tossed to the wayside. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Come or, on. For, former cabinet member M- Mateo. <laughs> not Mateo true. Ever not true. Cabinet. Not true. You were never. You were never, never on the never board. Well, never, never, never on the board. Like the unofficial cabinet, like the the, the Tom Hagen of of U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Conciliary Mateo. The Emmy Nance Grease. <laughs> what is it that has Jack spooked? How much do you know about Davy Jones? You owe me your soul. And it's time to pay up. <laughs> if there was anything could be done. Well, there is a chest. The dead man's chest. To find it, you must see to the end of the earth and beyond. We have our heading. The first thing I noticed when, when researching this movie for the pre-watch was that while while Wikipedia typically has like pretty, you know, it'll pretty succinctly convey the premise of, of, of a selected film, like this has far and away the longest, the longest plot log line for any film I've ever seen on that site. Like oh I obviously god. I'm just gonna read the whole thing directly from it. <clears throat> oh my god. Set one year after set one year after the events of the curse of the black pearl the film recounts captain jack sparrow owing a debt to davy jones played by bill nye the ghastly captain of the flying dutchman and is marked for death and pursued by the kraken i mean that alone i'm i'm in i'm in but the thing is this thing was two meaty compound sentences it continues to say that's all i needed really i was gonna say that's an (laughs) entire movie Meanwhile, comma, the wedding of Will Turner, played by Orlando Bloom, and Elizabeth Swan, Kira Knightley, is interrupted by Lord Cutler Beckett, who wants Turner to acquire Jack's <laughs> magic compass in a bid to find the dead man's chest. I mean, I'm I am vibrating right now. Like that is I'm, <laughs> we're so um, we we, we should be so, it, it's at this point that you should start getting like little tangential memories of this from childhood. Like you hear that yeah. and you go. Oh shit! Uh, synapses yeah. are just firing right now, <laughs> and so okay. So th- this should be a, a relatively simple setting of the table for, for why we've chosen this uh, to cover this film. Because so the first Pirates of the Caribbean film, you know, uh, the Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, in every sense is like a true classic uh, of a 21st century blockbuster, right? I mean, it like pretty immediately joined the ranks of 
movies that are way better than they have any right to be considering it was just like a ride at disney world you know like it uh, immediately gained <laughs> respect and, and it made people almost forget about that not forget about that tidbit but like forget how weird the origins of that film are um and, and you know it, it possessed like an iconic academy award nominated lead performance with johnny Depp as jack sparrow memorable set pieces like an and utterly timeless and still like ever present score and theme from Hans Zimmer like we we all know it like you're, you're actually when you're like born like in the nursery they're just playing that on repeat just to like just to get <laughs> let's in. let's not forget the contributions of Klaus Bedelt to that Klaus Bedelt. everyone yeah, think... attributes this to Hans oh, Zimmer whoa. the he first, the first film yeah chest. the first film I think is only Klaus Bedelt credited are you serious really? yeah, yeah no Hans Zimmer comes in on dead man's chest uh, wow Klaus Bedell literally getting his valor stolen right now. That is yeah. us literally I got am, buried. I am. I mean, I am. I am responsible. I am. I am like my. There's blood on my. I'm a part of this. This. This crime now. <laughs> I, I, I relate really my all my duties as host. No, that's like it's literally it's like the 19 microphones on Hans Zimmer and like the angry guy pounding <laughs> in the corner. Like that's just Klaus. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, so curse the black pearl. Okay, it was like pretty like you know beloved by audiences really respected by critics and and on only on a 140 million dollar budget made 654 million dollars so again huge success naturally three years later we get its sequel dead man's chest which which critics were much more mixed on and and, and audiences a little more lukewarm towards but i, I want to say before, like when i was researching for this movie i realized i had severely underestimated how much juice this franchise had oh, after that you first forgot movie real alone, bad didn't you you I, saw that number and you you <laughs> lost your goddamn mind I, I saw the box office number and i i almost fell over because so chris block pearl made 650 million 650 million dollars really good dead man's chest except mateo i don't know if you guys were remember this that movie made over a billion dollars what 1.066 oh, yeah. oh yeah they're in the one bill club and, ma- and made yeah. the bill. Club. Oh yeah, and, and that's the in two thousand six dollars. That's oh six. No, for right real. There. And, and, and the thing is that with with each consequent consequent film in the franchise, of which there are now five, the films have been like less and less well received, but they still make absurd amounts of money. Like on Stranger Tides, also crossed the billion dollar threshold. No like, freaking <laughs> way. I'm, I'm so serious. And Pirates 5, which everybody and their mothers agreed was just like absolute cheeks, 800 mil. Just an easy 800 <laughs> mil. Like, I, I I was, I forgot this was one of the most like bulletproof franchises that we have. Yeah. Like borderline Transformers money. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all that Transformers money. That being said, there's already some kind of reclamation uh, of the pirate sequels going on, namely just the Gore Verbinski ones, and he's the man who who uh, helmed the first three uh, Pirates films. Uh, the third uh, at World's End, we will certainly cover at some point, but you know we'll 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 get there when we get there. And and, and, and so that's the thing is as we've delved deeper into an era of like increasingly like slipshod, corner cutting, like unconvincing CGI in, in our modern blockbusters. It, as a result of just like a lack of vision and intention, and thus VFX artists being overworked, there's been a, a like a newfound appreciation for like what films like these pirates films uh, accomplish visually. And like 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 once a month for the past three years, I'll see someone online post like a close up like high res still of Davy Jones from Dead Man's Chest and like a largely CGI character, and be like, "Man, this was 06. 
look how far we've fallen and just like just to like <laughs> remind and like post it side by side with like a quantum mania still or something and the thing is it's also starting to go beyond just like missing the days of crisper cgi because like i mean in the last two months there's been like a meme started of people like tearfully reminiscing upon the big wheel scene from dead man's chest which which we will get to the, <laughs> we will spend the big wheel scene will get its own segment and like that's funny but it's also just like a symptom of this like ever-growing like nostalgia of blockbusters just like how blockbusters like used to feel so much more grand you know and, like in the way they used to provide like mm. true like spectacle you know and so like for instance that means yeah. it had a budget of 225 million dollars a budget that it's, even though that's more commonplace nowadays back in 06 less common that's a lot of money for an 06 budget right there and the thing is is that that's these true. pirates movies and i can tell this just by watching the clips on my phones for lack of better phrasing felt and looked as expensive and grand as their budgets you know like they really use that money like to the full extent because the bleak rate reality nowadays is that a larger budget often just means more cgi as opposed to like more like true spectacle and something awe-inspiring you know mm. so that being said i want to throw it to chance because while i i'm sure you you agree with, with a lot of what i just said you you hold dead man's chest w with a lot more reverence than just like oh like this was a blockbuster that's more well made than we think you know you've been in the trenches with this one. Oh yeah <laughs> I've, I've been here for years and i guess like i'm about to really go on a tangent my tale of two movies here, uh, go for because it because <laughs> i'm gonna start with the way this movie got made because I'm not sure a lot of people are aware of this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going all the way back to Curse the Black Pearl. We're going okay. back yeah. to the front, which is that this movie had been in development for over a decade before it actually hit screens. Wow. Uh, Gore Verbinski wasn't attached until right before they started shooting, really. Ooh. And the only reason we got made in the first place is because Gore Verbinski and Jerry Bruckheimer like pushed it through the Disney system. They had to like put it in front of Michael Eisner. They had to go, listen, your competition is spending $150 million on Lord of the Rings, on the Matrix, and all this stuff. Yeah. And the big problem with every that everyone had with the production was that the screenplay was, like, just absolute dog ass. <laughs> um, it had had, like, seven or eight screenwriters. Um, Stuart Beatty of Collateral fame was attached at one point. He did right. multiple drafts. Yeah. And you didn't get to the final draft of the script until Elliot and Rossio... Uh, who did Aladdin, who did Zorro, who did all these other movies in the 90s, got their hands on it. Of course, they ended up doing the next two movies um, after it. But you get on set with the script. Verbinski reads it. They're looking for like a sort of Burt Lancaster type to do Jack Sparrow. Mm -hmm. So Burt Lancaster did a lot of swashbucklers back in the day. It's like Crimson Pirate, Flame in the Arrow, all of these movies in the 40s and 50s. And mm -hmm. he was sort of this like stoic but kind of goofy guy. And then all of a sudden you have Johnny Depp doing the Keith Richards impression and Grover Bess is like, we need to change the entire movie now. And so while we're <laughs> like, like on location shooting in St. Vincent, the whole movie just starts getting rearranged. So all of a sudden you have this like the beginning of this tug of war between Elliot and Rossio and Grover Vinsky. Mm -hmm. And then you move on to the sequels. And Elliot and Rossio start getting very, very protective over the mythology they're building and the story they're building for these movies. But Disney wants to go ahead and make the movie. So does Gore Verbinski. Yeah, and yeah. the way Elliot and Rossio decide to protect their screenplay is by not sharing drafts with anyone. No one is seeing the scripts. They're writing Ooh, the George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> right, and they won't tell anyone what's happening. And so obviously it doesn't work for them. And Gore Verbinski 
starts prepping scenes without them. He is storyboarding <laughs> entire sections of the film. He is changing things on a, on the fly. They write the um the crew of the Flying Dutchman as ghosts. He's like, no, these are sea creatures. Whoa. He changes it. He starts. He goes to the visual effects guys, designs their entire look without consulting the writers at all. Whoa. This is and of course a- our our beloved big wheel scene, like this this beautiful wonderful <laughs> thing that we all know and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just came up with that. He's like, this would be cool. Storyboarded <laughs> it, planned it with the stunt team, did all of this stuff before there's even a place for it in the screenplay. That's amazing. He just starts doing all yeah. of this stuff on his own. Uh, 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 they start bad. shooting without a finished script. Elliot and Rossio are on set, filling shit in as they go, just like writing out dialogue, throwing in scenes, trying to keep up with Verbinski. <laughs> this keeps going throughout the like the back-to-back shoot of Dead Man's Chest and at World's End, which were shot straight through Lord of the Rings style. That's right. really yeah, yeah. And the entire time, it's Elliot and Rossio trying to write dialogue to throw at Verbinski's set pieces that he's just building like out of thin air. That huh. that's amazing. Having a, a mutiny within the pirate movie development is oh, it's it's so beautiful. I think perfect. it's perfect. Like it's it's, but at the same time, it's not a lot of tension, right? Like they're they're working together pretty well. The movies are getting made, mm-hmm. and Verbinski by this point is an extremely experienced filmmaker, not only with action but also with special effects because he's coming off of Mouse Hunt, The Ring, The Mexican, his earlier movies, which are also mm-hmm. really good, and you yeah. can watch them. Yeah, but um. Mouse Hunt, especially, it's a great Thanksgiving movie. You're a big mouse uh, hunt guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I am a big mouse hunt guy. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, these movies get made. Um, they're making money, and so they're like letting Gore Verbinski do whatever he wants. Yeah. And if you don't know, I would like to make the direct comparison before we go in that this is also the way Mad Max Fury Road was made. Mm. Storyboards first, dialogue later. Mm. And while Dead Man's Chest is certainly a lot more dialogue heavy film. The sort of similarities between the Gore Verbinski style of like, uh, you know, action reaction set pieces is almost identical to the sort of Mad Max Fury Road, like falling dominoes style of like, mm. spatial orientation yeah. and, and action and all of these things. The movie is literally built to be followed visually. And what you end up with is something that I will say ends up somewhere between Mad Max Fury Road and Burn After Reading. Um, (laughs) i don't think it quite reaches the heights of either of those movies but the fact that anything can exist in that space between them (laughs) in that venn diagram wonderful i love that it's high bar it is a venn diagram with one thing in between them um (laughs) yeah and that's that man's chest and the other story is my own journey with this film yes which is that i saw it when it came out when i was like a baby i was (laughs) i was a little guy who loved pirates and was starting to develop this like taste for movies where it's like, I really like when things are gross. I like when there's <laughs> gore. I like when body parts come off. And if, you, if you remember anything about these movies, they have really creative, like fucked up gore effects. Like they can't show like human bodies being dismembered, but once yeah. they get to, like the Davy Jones crew and shit, like heads are coming oh. off, limbs are coming off, hands are crawling across the floor. Oh, I can't wait. There's like the evil, there's like the evil dead style scene in the first one. Yeah. Where Jonathan Price is in the cabin and he's like fighting yeah. the hand. The, the, yeah. the skeletal hand is crawling out of him. Exactly. <laughs> no, incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm figuring this out. And like, as a kid, I didn't know who Gore Verbinski was. My favorite movies, if you ask me in 2013 what my three favorite were, I would say Dead Man's Chest. Rango and the Lone Ranger, and I had no idea the same guy made them. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And so like, I was like, like my trajectory here is like this like deep and pure appreciation for this very specific style of filmmaking and like this yeah. sort of thinny, surreal, darkly comic Verbinski style. But I hadn't seen them, I'd say 2013, 2012 was probably the last time I watched those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, and as going into it, my adulthood, the only thing I remembered about Pirates movies vividly was when I saw Dead Men Tell No Tales in theaters, which is truly god awful. Um, <laughs> like as a kid, my favorite character was like Barbosa. Yeah. And if you remember yes. Dead Men Tell No Tales, that movie butchers Barbosa's character. Jeffrey Rush is just like literally phoning it in the whole time. It's that movie is an atrocity. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But the way I got to where I am now, where I'm going like, you know, it's like the Coen brothers and George Miller made a blockbuster. Um, <laughs> right. I, uh, it's when I started college. Like I got my freshman year of college, COVID's mm-hmm. going on. I'm not really, I can't really do anything. Yeah. And I go into Best Buy and they have a Blu-ray set of the first three Pirates movies. And I go, sure, why not? <laughs> I drop like 40 bucks on it. I go home and I rewatch them all in one day. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm telling everybody, so like Dead Man's Chest is kind of like the best movie ever made. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you don't really remember what it's about, do you? You don't remember all like the Freudian subtext. You don't remember this movie's commentary on like capitalism, blah, 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 blah. You don't remember shit. Because <laughs> not only is this movie like incredibly well conceived on like a visual and spatial level. Yeah. The ideas that it's choosing to play with are insane. Everything that Elliot and Rossio wrote into that script is like clinically insane. <laughs> the movie is like mostly about like sex and money. Well, I mean, which is I the guess pirates is, to the core. It's, a, it's yeah. a pirate movie, right? Like, yeah, it's a yeah. pirate movie they should to be the about. Core, but like, it's what it should be about. But no one remembers that the villain is the Dutch East India Company, the real Dutch East <laughs> India Company from like reality that like killed thousands upon thousands of people. For no. money, yeah, like, huh. the actual expansion of capital in real life <laughs> is like the villain of this movie. <laughs> I, I can tell you that was forgotten. I, I will tell you that. Yeah, that honestly, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. That both on like a, on a directorial sense and like a theme and story sense, just like cart. It seems like they just had carte blanche. Like they could just do well, especially after they the do, first, they could do whatever any, they wanted. Yeah, they could do anything. These were like the most expensive ever movies ever made up to this point. Yes. Um, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End had like insane budgets and they were just letting them do whatever they wanted because they want to get these movies out as fast as possible and quality Mm. control wasn't an issue. And so you end up with shit like, let's just get Chow Yun-Fat in the third movie. Like the biggest star in Hong Kong, basically. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And so it's like, he'll just be in the next one for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Keith Richards is also there. Just calling in They're doing everything they want. Yeah, yeah. Chance, thank you so much for very like eloquently just detailing that lore and just like the making of this film. Like that is that is yeah. so like utterly fascinating. Like I am very helpful. This like I like again, I am like the lens I'm viewing through this movie just got like completely like shifted going in. Like it's not just like yeah, it, it's so much more than just like, yeah, like this movie did have good CGI. It's like, no, this is one of the most <laughs> bonkers blockbusters and like a true oh. How is Absolutely. this real? Like, <laughs> and, and that's where the most like fascinating yeah. stuff comes from is when you're just like, wow, like they let these guys like 
Like there were no producers on set. Like they just let these guys just go free, right? <laughs> no, like there was a producer on set, and his name oh. was Jerry Bruckheimer. And I'll tell you what he was doing: a lot of cocaine. <laughs> he he went to the Robert Evans School of Producing. <laughs> yeah, I love how unhinged this, this production was. No, no, this is unbelievable. And that's so fitting. Like I am, in terms of our memories with these films, I have not like. I think the last time I, I watched these Pirates movies, like, again, I'm hyper familiar with the first. Like, many people are. Like, I've seen that one many times. But as for, like, two and three, the last time I watched those was during, like, I think it was, like, a Pirates of the Caribbean marathon on, like, Disney XD, like, 12 years ago. <laughs> like, it's, like, in all the meaningful ways, this will feel like a first watch. Again, I remember, uh, Dead Man's Chest, this is, the, this is the Jar of Dirt movie, right? This is the the jar of dirt movie. Again, I remember that. I remember, again, without, I mean, I guess like we probably don't have to avoid spoilers on this free game, but just in case, I I remember the ending of this film just like rocking my world when I was a kid. Because I remember my brother and I both both were like, you can do that? Like, this is like, that's like, did they just do that? Which is like uh, electrifying. That's it. Like, that's all I remember from this film. And so I am like, Mm. again, uh, like knowing just the, like the sublime chaos from which it was made. And again, it's so like, it, it's so exciting when it's just knowing that like you're watching something that like people, like they were allowed to cook on. Cause sometimes it can, it can throw a wet blanket on a film or a project knowing that like, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. it's like, I, I've heard it's good, but like, I, I also heard like they kind of have like one hand tied behind their back or it's just like, you're going to kind of have to like pick and choose what yeah. the like the authorial stuff in this movie are. But like, this sounds like this was just a no. like a, no, no hands tied. Just, just a buffet. <laughs> so I mean, Seb Mateo. I mean, what are what are your experiences with the with the the Pirates franchise? And you know, like, and what is? I mean, what was the last time you guys even watched like these sequels? So the one thing I do want to say, I I do want to share, I I guess like a little bit of speculation <laughs> as to why maybe the criticism for this movie was right a lot kind of more pronounced than the first. And I do think part of that is what Chance was talking about, like. Curse of the Black Pearl kind of dropped with like no expectations. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. A, like it was. I think like it was kind of expected to be a flop at the time. Like Johnny Depp was not mm-hmm. like Curse of the Black Pearl established Johnny Depp as like you know box office action movie star. Mm-hmm. And so I think going into Dead Man's Chest, there were a lot more expectations than for this first movie, which was like like nobody expected Johnny Depp to do that. You know, like there was a lot of novelty to the first one, which I guess like kind yeah, of the pleasant surprise away. factor, but, yeah. But yeah, I watched Curse of the Black Pearl so so many times. I, I I had that movie on disc like from the beginning, you know. And yeah. and I, I I took that same I took that same Blu-ray and I fired it up uh <laughs> like just a few days ago and we watched Curse of the Black Pearl. One of the first still, Blu-rays. Like, mm-hmm. It it holds up. It's it's a blast. I, I didn't watch Dead Man's Chest or at World's End for for a pretty long time. Uh, I had, the first Pirates movie I actually saw was uh, on Stranger Tides in theaters, and then I went back to Curse of the Black Pearl, and so I, I kind of like jumped around in a very strange order. Mm-hmm. And so by the time that I got to Dead Man's Chest and at World's End, like you know, I was a little older, and so these movies, if you don't remember them, like at least. To follow along when you're like 12 years old, 13 years old, these movies have like the most convoluted plots imaginable. Like (laughs) there's like so many like threads, like, and I was just like, I was kind of getting lost in the sauce a little bit. And I did not Uh really, 
I was I was a little uh, I was definitely a little sour on on both uh, you know Dead Man's Chest and at World's End, mm-hmm. but at the same time I also do remember a lot of the stuff that that Chance was Chance was talking about like and I was at the time like I think my reaction was like I was kind of like scratching my head like why is this in in this movie like this isn't in the first one and I was not like it like as p- particularly like all of like the weird like Freudian shit that it does and like <laughs> how like how suddenly like there's like there, there's like kind of a one-off joke in the first movie of like okay but like Jack Sparrow is a little bit like too into Kira Knightley that they <laughs> really run with in the second movie uh, yeah just a, a lot of that stuff like as, as like a 13 12 year old I was like I, I don't know if I really care about this but I feel like <laughs> I feel like revisiting it will be interesting especially because this is going to be probably the first time also that like i won't have like like very early childhood trauma of when they changed pirates of the caribbean the ride for dead man's chest when i was like six years old yeah <laughs> they projected they projected bill nye's face like yeah, Dave Jones's face onto the mist right. permanently etched in my mind like <laughs> one of my most powerful fear memories yeah. so like <laughs> that's a florida classic if you grew up in florida like that that everybody has that collective memory yeah Yeah. everyone has the inside out emotion but it's just bill nighy just like doing doing the dashboard of fear yeah literally yeah (laughs) so you know yeah it's gonna be it's definitely gonna be an interesting rewatch uh especially like realizing that it's kind of a part one but uh oh that's right that's right you know like I, I guess I just kind of want to get lost in the gore sauce a little bit yeah. <laughs> and, and, and see like, cause a lot of what I really remembered, a lot of what I liked on my rewatch of black Pearl recently was just like a lot of the silliness is just, it holds up so well. It's so much fun. And so just seeing a movie that's, that's a little more silly. Can't go wrong with that. I'm glad you mentioned like the expectations part of it because yeah, again, pirates had the like, again, the first one had like the pleasant surprise thing going for it. And for the second one, again, it, it's, and people will always want like more of the same. Right. And, and so for this one, again, the first one is very much so a like is in many ways, like a very like family friendly. It's just like, let's go all see this like swashbuckling, yeah. like pirates movie. And from what chance is saying, the second one is not concerned no. with, with, with that aspect at all. It's, it's not. And I, and I think like, so something that's like worth remembering, I think Mateo brought up a good point about this in terms of like the way the movie was critically received and sort of like mm-hmm. the weird distance between like that swashbuckling stuff in the first one, all the goofy shit in the second one, and like the idea this movie will be goofier than the first one, but it also takes itself much more seriously at the same yeah, time. Simultaneously, yeah. it's balancing both these threads and like going for more. <laughs> I think that's something that we're not used to in American popular cinema specifically. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it more interesting that they cast Chai and Fat in the third one, which is that, like, if you watch movies from Hong Kong, if you watch movies from India, there's this idea that you can have, like, all of these dissonant parts create, like, a broadly entertaining and, like, extremely, like, self-reflexive whole. Like, the movie can be commenting on itself and playing with your audience's expectations and playing different audience members at different times. And, like, that very much feels like what these movies are doing, whether it's on purpose or not, I'm not sure. I don't particularly care. <laughs> um, but I definitely yeah. think like it has that sort of like weird broad sensibility that a lot of those like yeah. you know, larger movies have from d- different markets. Just from from what Chance was saying there, I, I feel like there's like a weird uh, trend uh, with American uh, audiences of like 
oh, but it wasn't totally consistent. And like, <laughs> I don't know if like there's always like has to be of you know a through line of tonal consistency through every film especially yeah. like a in blockbusters it's always something that's like brought up as a knock against films that like you know it didn't feel consistent with the rest of the film or there was like a change that i didn't like and it's i i, I like this idea of maybe challenging that a bit so i i am looking forward to, to that aspect of it but when it comes to personally going into the film i rewatched uh black pearl as well uh just a couple nights ago um and that i mean it was it's been a long time since i've seen any of the pirates films it's mm -hmm. like one of one of those films and franchises that's just like you've kind of always watched like it's just always been in the brain and i can't remember <laughs> the first time i watched it exactly it's like yeah. it's always been back in the psyche I, <laughs> i'm pretty sure i watched you know like the first one on like vhs uh similar to like spider-man one and two but mm -hmm. um mm. the that movie was better than i remembered it was i remember i can't remember if it was chris or mateo brought up it was shot on film which was like you know really really cool to see um because there's just i don't know there's there's like a crisp look to that film that uh kind of shocked me while watching and just made <laughs> it that much more engaging yeah um it's just a film or a blockbuster that is just it felt storyboarded it felt crafted mm. before uh you know the film filmmaking of it and obviously Johnny right. Depp, like kind of doing the Robert Downey Jr. before the Robbie Downey Jr. was just really fun to watch. I I I'm so excited going to this next one. Uh, the post credit scene for the first Pirates is kind of weird with the monkey. I I'm pretty sure I don't even know if that I can't remember if that goes anywhere. But um, <laughs> I I'm not even sure why I checked to see if there was a post credit scene, and I was like pleasantly. <laughs> this is news surprised. to me. Yeah, this is wait wait no, what? No, that shit is insane. I'm glad you mentioned the whole like um it's like the totally consistent thing because yeah because people love throwing that around of just be like, they'll be like oh like that scene was so random as if it wasn't like carefully considered or like intention or something like that <laughs> and and I feel like for a movie like this yeah. we used this phrase last week I feel like for something like this it'll be much more so like again a, a feature rather than a bug I had this written in my notes for this pre-watch and we can talk about it more in the post-watch but I'll, like like can we get a bolo on kira knightley like what like where has she gone yeah. like since these movies like i talk no, about someone i've been crying for help like yeah. i watched pride and prejudice and i and i was I, I got so desperate i was like put her in the mcu just so we can see her again I'm, i don't care no i'm bro. so desperate kira knightley's in france now she's in like luke basson movies and shit and like let me tell you those oh, so she won dang she won at life yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if winning at life is being in Luke Besson. In Luke Besson, I don't know yeah, if I want to be, I don't know if I wanna be within like a mile of Luke Besson. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, 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 be... I was just saying that she's in France. I, I, yes, I, I, I respect that part. Uh, that's fair, but like also, I mean, just just a quick game for for the folks. Can any of you name us uh, that isn't Pirates Five? Can any of you name a single film she's been in since the Imitation Game in 2014, which she got nominated for? And it's not like she's only been in three. She's been in plenty of movies since 2014. Can any of you name a single since one she's been in? 14. I will not. Believe me, I will not hold it against you if you can't, because I would not have been able to. Like, that is... I, oh, I feel no. like I'm I'm cheating, because I, I know the answer to this question. But, like, oh, yeah. has anybody <laughs> seen Colette? Anybody watch Colette? Nobody watched no, Colette. Nobody sucked. Colette, yeah. Colette stinks. <laughs> Again, we... Let's go back. She, she's she's great gonna... in that first movie. So, I, I'm, I'm also, like... One of the things that like people have a lot of nostalgia for in in like the original three movies is the Orlando Bloom Kira Knightley like couple. 
Oh, and the like charisma yeah. is crazy. They they yeah. got rid of them like in the later movies. Like yeah. it was like kind of like baggage eventually. Like and I guess <laughs> you know kind of like hard to take those characters any further than okay, well they're just together. Well, now. like they're already in love at yeah. the first one. It's yeah. it's hard to carry that for the way they films. play that in Dead Man's Chest is interesting though. I will say yeah, like, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they take it in interesting directions. And it's also extremely funny because I don't consider Kira Knightley or Orlando Bloom to be like particularly charismatic actors. Like yeah. they're very much like pretty faces. But like their chemistry is genuinely insane sometimes. <laughs> it's like, good. Uh, it's then really y'all remember that one scene from At World's End? That shit is oh nuts. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Oh, that's all. You know, that's exactly. this is why we play. <laughs> but exactly. no, like, I, 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 we haven't mentioned him yet. Stellan Skarsgård's in this movie. Bootstrap. No! Oh, I was saving Bill. that. I was I was being quiet about Bootstrap. <laughs> Bootstrap is like my guy. Oh I my god! The cast wait. for all these I'm movies so is gassed. insane. No, deep like, benches. Okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. I had this. I had this on my chest, and I was gonna save it, but you just like threw all patience out the window. <laughs> so you know how all of the uh, the crew of the Flying Dutchman is like CG, like really good yeah. CG. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like literally, Bootstrap Bill, Stellan Skarsgård's character, is entirely practical. Everything you see on his body oh, is real, right. which is incredible. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. looks amazing. That, yeah, that's I'm awesome. excited for god, that. His performance is amazing. It, yeah, like just seeing like how they rotate the cast uh coming into Dead Man's Chest because these movies mm-hmm. kind of like every movie it's like let's get another good actor here you know like <laughs> oh yeah we'll just we we won't stop you know? so, infested like, with dudes yeah and all a lot of yeah. like Tom yeah. Hollander Tom Hollander is a great dude y'all y'all know who Tom, y'all, Tom, y'all know Tom Hollander Tom Hollander from In the Loop Tom Hollander from Mission Impossible he is genuinely great in these movies he's so funny. He has one of the most iconic scenes in the entire trilogy. That, like, you know, you remember the scene of the guy like walking down. Yeah, no, I know that. I know that's him. Yeah, that's Tom Hollander. He's in this one and he's in the next one, and like no one even talks about him. (laughs) And he's good at that from what I remember. No, yeah, like everyone comes to play. No one, no one's like no one's throwing in the towel. Yeah, (laughs) no one's throwing in, and that's the best part. Like, like everyone everyone's just going for it and like and he mentioned the like oh, everything on bootstrap bill is real it's like and, and Seth mentioned how it's like yeah like uh, the first one was like aged better than he thought and that's the thing it's like when they're using the like absurd amounts of money like scrooge mcduck money they're getting to do everything like as like in camera like as much as possible and just to do these things like i i think so much about that freaking quote that's like when he was like yeah like like back in the like in artists and making movie like sorcerer type beat, he's like if you wanted to like film something remarkable like you had to do something remarkable like you had to like do some Ooh. like huge feats of like of of mankind to get these awesome things on screen and it sounds like yeah it's like I the pirate films were trying to do that oh yeah they they fits did some shit people got hurt making these movies <laughs> like there was a lawsuit like the like the, like the stunt team got injured doing some of this stuff like, because it's crazy. You get people like falling down, mass, getting blown up, all this shit. And like, you're like, oh, wait, that's like an actual guy. Like, that's some <laughs> dude like screaming right now. It It's that Hong Kong sensibility. I'm telling you. I'm going to start so toxic by saying they did something right. <laughs> that Hong Kong sensibility. I think we, we play. Okay, that might be a fun game to play in the post watch. It's like, what what point do we like, do we think someone got most gravely injured? Like, while watching this. And you can even pick out a dude, be like, I know that guy was in the hospital. Like, we can, we can go. Yeah, I, I, I hope he's okay. Up there. I, hope, I hope Disney, I hope Disney, I hope he got his, his, his mill from Disney. You know? I hope he got no his one, Disney. 
Uh, but like that's one of the best parts about Fury Road, though. Is you're watching that movie and then like ja- like using javelins between cars, and you're like, somebody definitely died. Like making this film, like somebody <laughs> had to have died, and we didn't hear yeah. about it. And that's when you know you're watching the cinema. Like that, that's when you know you're, like, mm. you're being being treated right. Um, we we love stuntmen and we care about their safety. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to throw them under the bus. No. We, we, I've been we, rooting we, for stunts in the Oscars forever. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, shout out Samo Hung's stunt team. <laughs> Let's go. No, yeah, but we, we did not right. anyone, anyone well, actually endangered. Hmm? One one last thing I wanted to compliment the Pirates franchise on is that their ability to build towards like an incredible third act. Um, mm. That was something that I did not give the first one uh, enough credit for. But mm-hmm. on my rewatch, I was like, like this is like I was like this is like really solid world building. And then when you get to the third act, where you like. It's like this giant fight where it's cross-cutting through all those locations. You got mm-hmm. this fight with like, you know, the sword fights between where like in the moonlight, they're they're skeletons, and then they're back to normal. And there's really great cross-cutting through CGI and normal practical stunts. And I feel like they only escalate it in the in the future films and just make it bigger, mm-hmm. grander, more intense. And I just can't wait for this what this one has in store. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I don't know if there's an audience for, for this next comment, but like as as an, a fan and enjoyer of the Kingdom Hearts uh, video game franchise, I am that's part of the reason <laughs> I am hyper hyper familiar and have heavily rinsed that that first Pirates movie because I have because yeah as as uh, the, you guys actually forgot that um Donald and Goofy are in a cut of Bokers the Black Pearls. <laughs> I'll send you a YouTube link to the to the version I'm watching. It may it may not look as good as as you remember, but it actually you there. <laughs> and then and the pirate sequence on Kingdom Hearts is why the game had to had to say mild blood on the back because when they cut the hands and put and put the blood on the coin um in the like, like, awesome. like on, on, on awesome. the pile i i and i no, remember, I, remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember being in downtown disney as a child and they would have those screens out in the stores advertising video games and they had like mm. the pirates of the caribbean kingdom hearts like cutscenes, like yes. on the screens in downtown oh disney and i was like they got donald and goofy in that shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they got them to sign on for this one. That's that, that great. <laughs> I, yeah, Donald casting spells on skeletons. I'm like, is this canon? Is this, <laughs> I, I, is this the, the director's cut? I think it's, it's Gore. Gore would put Goofy in one of these movies. Is the thing like? Oh. He, uh-huh. he, he no, Gore would go nuts. Gore <laughs> always goes nuts. I'm, listen, I'm I'm counting. I'm, I'm looking at my watch, and it says it's time for a cure for wellness postscript. Like I'm just, <laughs> bro, bro, I. I, 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 as a throw, I, I, someone mentioned Dane Hahn on a recent podcast, and I was just like, oh, like, it's dang. coming, it's coming, it's coming. Get cure for both. Dane DeHaan, we're Dane Heads. We're Dane Heads here. <laughs> uh, Dane DeHaan and Dumb Money. Anybody seeing that? <laughs> Anybody seeing Dumb Money? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're a Dane, Dane could have been in these movies. Dane could be in the Pirates movie for Dane's gonna, oh, he's gonna guest one day here. I, I... <laughs> Dane on the pod. <laughs> Dane DePod. Dane DePod. If we if I reached out and was like, we're covering cure for wellness, like come on and speak your peace, King. Like he would probably like it, <laughs> it'd be like it's like before I exit out of the DM, it'd be like Dane active now in the chat. Like he would probably like, yeah, be no, there. <laughs> like he would be in that. 
We just summon him. That that movie got done so dirty. No, I, I'm like okay, like and I'll tell I'll tell them, and maybe, maybe I got this. I'll tell them Mateo. Like I'm like I would. It might be the last postscript ever, but like a Lone Ranger pod would go hard. But there are some <laughs> fraught waters. Fraught water. Those water. Listen, the water. The waters we're entering now are so dangerous. <laughs> like <laughs> when you see the opening already. of this movie, you will get scared. It is <laughs> gore. Gore. Gore needs to fix his heart. Gore needs to go on a little like journey and like fix whatever he has going on. But when you touch the Lone Ranger, it gets so. <laughs> Fucking scary. We'll, we'll, no. we'll talk about the Lone Ranger and we'll get the black dot on our hands that Johnny Depp has. We'll, we'll be <laughs> imbued with something like that. We're going to jail, boys. You, you <laughs> the movie jail. The nice no, known. Don't back. Yeah, get the scary, scary Hi, Hi-yo silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That being said, I'm am for enough for this rewatch. And also, real quick, would you? I have not. Rewatch Curse of the Black Pearl yet? Like, do you is that necessary for the enjoyment yeah. of Dead Man's Chest? Are you like, would you like full throatedly recommend rewatching it first, or are you like this? You can just dive right into Dead Man's Chest. Just fucking go for it. I like the, the first one is like so like you know where it ends up. The yeah, lore from the first one doesn't matter at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. genuinely, I almost think this movie is best enjoyed in a, in a vacuum, like wow, world's okay. end and without Black Pearl. I think, like, mm. it's best, like, when you view it as its own thing. Yeah. Because if you keep thinking that, like, if you're waiting for payoffs that you think are going to pay off in the next movie, I think it sort of, it doesn't lend you to appreciating how genuinely bizarre the climax of this movie is. The last <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes are such a weird choice. Yeah. Okay. And it's a it's an even better choice. And you're like, and this is just how it ends. This is just how it goes. Yeah. And this is not to say I don't love World's End, because I do love World's End. Right. Okay. <laughs> this movie's crazy. I feel like Chance is hinting at maybe why it was so like you know mixedly mm. received, but like it was just so unconventional in its in its of, climax of of want of of wanting payoffs the way it sets up all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very interesting. Okay, part one type syndrome. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That being said, we will see you all on the other side. Captain Sparrow. Elizabeth. You know, these clothes do not flatter you at all. It should be a dress or nothing. I happen to have no dress in my cabin. We're looking for this. The chest of Davy Jones. What is in the chest? And we're back, and I, I'm, I'm just going to be frank. I finished my viewing of this movie about 30 minutes ago. My, my fingernails are still tingling. I'm like, I'm, 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 st- I'm still rocking right now. Fellas, let's just dive right into the conversation. We'll start with general thoughts, and then we'll kind of move through the plot as the kind of engine for this conversation, just kind of top to bottom to kind of guide our way. But, fellas, uh, I mean, l- let's just start with Mateo. Mateo, how, how are you feeling about, about Dead Man's Chest? Okay, so... Hot off the hot off the wheels of the Curse of the Black Pearl viewing, I feel like natural way to 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 like talk to say is like compared to how much I like the first one, and I think where this movie like definitely does get kind of the plot is kind of like a little all over the place, like, and you can definitely you definitely feel where the movie was written after 
it was being made almost. <laughs> but at the same time, this movie is such a blast. And, and I, <laughs> I enjoyed it actually more than the first one. Like, let's go. Come on. Come on. There are so many moments that you can point to that are phenomenal, like just little bits and pieces. But the overall tone and the demeanor that this movie has and what it has to say is is like so mean spirited <laughs> that I almost want to compare it to Alien Covenant. Like <laughs> these are two movies that are like just, you know, so cruel. They see the and, worst in people. <laughs> yeah, like they exactly see the worst in people, but like it's it's a fascinating outlook. It's it's just a fascinating chapter in our, you know, kind of era of unlimited Disney money movies. Um and yeah, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. What more can I say? <laughs> Let's go. Seb, how about you? I I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did. I mean, come on, I, come on. Off. Similarly, I had watched Black Pearl for the first time in a long time, um, probably like eight years or something. Mm-hmm. And that movie, I think no one's really gonna argue that movie is like tighter than this movie. But that does not mean it is better. Come on, and come I, on. And and I think Let's the reason why go. is because this movie leans into all the strengths of like the Pirates franchise. Like everything that makes <laughs> this franchise great, this movie leans right into it in the best ways possible. And like particularly like the chaos of set pieces and just letting it completely unravel and unfold. And like Mateo said, it's a blast. Like you're you're never bored watching this movie. Like it's always doing something interesting, whether it's with the camera, the acting. I mean, even the script. Where, while at times, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like other times, <laughs> I'm like, like I don't know. Like it's just fun back and forth. Like there, there's some good script moments in here that I can actually appreciate. So I, no, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, from the moment the movie started to the moment the movie ended, I'm, I'm just so glad that I like hopped back on the black pearl or the you know the pirates ship um, <laughs> had to experience this ride oh, yeah. again because I don't, I don't know if i would have without this podcast like i'm just so grateful like like thanks for, like thanks for the ride <laughs> i mean wow that 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 just fills my heart i i, I the, the the listeners can't see it but chance is backflipping right now i actually actually hearing that he's <laughs> oh, like I, yeah he's no, keep- i'm I'm vindicated. I'm so vindicated. <laughs> all of my years, all of my years in the trenches. <laughs> I love that. And and no, yeah, like like kind of like what you're saying, Seb. It's like I I realized how good of a movie this was is when when it's during, and we'll get to it later. But when we get to the scene when um when when like Will challenges Davy Jones to the dice game, I have mm. I don't know how that dice game works, but I was locked in. I was <laughs> I'm so there because again, it's Perfect. like it doesn't matter if you're not like you know catch on to every single like plot mechanic it's like like gore keeps you like on that wavelength and like again that's all that's all that matters like that's all that matters and and so personally like again like i'm i'm hot off this rewatch and like my first takeaway was like i because again like it was middling reviews from critics at the time but like, and i'm thinking i'm like i don't know how you like like after watching that film and after watching as electrifying as a third act as that is, I I truly can't imagine going back home and, and thinking I'm going to type a negative review about this film. Like I don't know, <laughs> I I don't know how you get from A to B of watching or just like 
shrugging uh, your shoulders. You can know, like, like how, they, how does that happen? No, see, like I don't. They must have walked out of the movie like five minutes in or something. Like I, I, I just don't know how you get there because it's just, it's it's just so it's just so just life giving. Just, just the filmmaking is <laughs> so energizing. I love it so much. And 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 one other thing I want to say is that I I that's something I love about this movie. I was thinking about this during like that like the cannibal set piece. I was like. A lot of times in movies where like characters like within the film or like or you know within the universe are considered like legendary or like characters of myth or characters you tell the tale of, like a Jack Sparrow or even by the end of the franchise like a Will Turner, a lot of times it's like they'll get you to buy into like how legendary these characters are by like saying like oh that's the guy who like did something something it's like the most insane thing you've ever heard just to meet like again to build a mythos of this character they'll like something you, like you know you've never seen you will never seen they'll like you know like they'll they'll describe it to you it's like i mean i know they show it in solo but like han solo like he did he did the parsec run or or he, or he did the kessel run in whatever parsecs right like they just find something that sounds insane and impressive and you're like oh that's cool the thing about this about this movie and i'm sure about all the pirates movies but especially this one is that you're watching set pieces and you're watching like sequences that like you're watching like almost the mythos being built. It's like, oh, like that was the time Jack Sparrow convinced an entire tribe of cannibals that he was like their god deity and somehow escaped. Like, like, like when you just describe like what happens in this film, it's like you're describing like legends and tales like as big as you might create to make someone seem like a myth and things in the, like, but they are as cool as the those legends. Like, it, does that make any sense? You know, it's like you're. Oh yeah, I really really like this movie. <laughs> like, and I. Yeah, I <laughs> So, so much I want to gush over about it, but but Chance, how does how does rewatch Drea? I mean, I don't know what to say. It's like uh, it's 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 coming home. I've 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 been here since I was a child. <laughs> I'm here again as an adult. Um, and we're back on top, baby. You know, it's one billion dollars <laughs> at the box office, and now it's like one billion dollars in viewers' hearts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, no, it, it's it, this movie. This movie is incredible. It, it's. In like a in a post Sid Field world where you have like all of these things you can pick apart about movies post CinemaSins post every mm -hmm. post like you know modern film school, mm. it's easy to look at this movie and go it doesn't check this box it doesn't follow this structure this mm. thing is confusing therefore your audience can't be invested therefore the movie is a failure, and Dead Man's Chest is just like this perfect beautiful encapsulation of like none of these things are true. All of these things yeah. you've been told about what makes a movie inherently good or wrong, you've been lied to. <laughs> and like, if the if the movie is exciting, if there is craft, if there is, you know, actual genuine artistry on display, it doesn't matter if there's like a perfect three acts. It doesn't matter if there's like proper setups and payoffs. It doesn't matter if like the logic of what's going on makes sense to you. You don't need logic to be viscerally invested in something. You don't need mm. to believe that Jack Sparrow can be catching all of the all of that fruit on the pole that he stuck to. <laughs> yeah. To like go, oh I understand what's happening. This is awesome. You don't need to understand the, like how to play the dice game to understand the stakes of what's going on. You you can be invested emotionally in like Will and his father's relationship and like the consequences of their like of what they're doing without having any idea of like what the fuck they're doing by saying like i have like seven fives like what the fuck like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because you're, you're so watching right. that scene you're like oh my god if he's lying he's so fucked like <laughs> you see the, the shot of the dice and you're just like gore has you like in his hand like exactly. gore is carrying you and you trust him it's it's just it's it's great filmmaking it's the kind of thing that i think we're 
so unaccustomed to now when it comes mm-hmm. to like going to see movies in theaters, which is just that no matter how ridiculous it gets, the hand of the filmmaker is so sturdy and so ever-present mm-hmm. that you will follow him anywhere, no matter where he is going. Verbensky is all more than any of the characters, more than the screenwriters, more than the mythology. Verbensky is present in every frame of this movie, and it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's extremely well said, and I and I I fully fully agree. Yeah, yeah. To piggyback off of that, I mean, <laughs> um, at the beginning of this film, I mean, it, it starts like at an eleven, and <laughs> yes. I mean, you're you're just so I, to use a phrase that Chris has used, like this thing really moves like <laughs> that, that. That's what <laughs> I was feeling at the beginning of this movie. But like to piggyback what Chance just said, like you're never feeling like like it's losing control of the steering wheel because like yeah. the craft is like really, really solid or, or even great. Um, like I, something that stood out to me was like the lighting and composition and like, not just like the set design, but just like on these actors is like immaculate. Oh my God. Like it, it is. It's, yeah. Yes. It, it's crazy. Like you were, cause we were talking about like, you know, just like the, the beginning of the movie, you're going back to the same location that has kind of been like in, in, in Pokemon terms, it's like the pallet town. It's like where you first start <laughs> right, journey. Exactly. And it's like kind Port of this Royal. like homey, you know, Port Royal. It's like, yeah. this homey, like friendly place. Pallet it's town. like the lighting is always warm in Port Royal. And then you come to it in dead man's chest and it's raining and the yeah, trees are coming green. in and it's blue, it's incredible. dark and green. It's, ugly like yeah that is that is the kind of like thing that Seb is talking about where like the lighting and just the composition like can just tr- completely right. transform the tone and, and the, the feeling that you get from a location yeah it does it's, it, it's, it's incredible what, what Gore is doing here is so impressive just in terms of like the conciseness of his visual language mm. he's working with widescreen which like as a format is not something that's incredibly suited to like the sort of like swashbuckling movies he's drawing from. A lot of yeah. those were shot in Academy ratio. And so he's finding these two compositions. But on top of that, he's dealing with scenes that haven't been written, that he's having to block as they go. They can't really storyboard all of these dialogue scenes because he can storyboard all the act- this, the action scenes all he wants. But you mm-hmm. go into it without a script, without knowing what each scene's going to be. And he's having to figure out this stuff as it goes. And so you end up with a lot of scenes that aren't shot in shot reverse shot that aren't shot in these sort of traditional wides that you're used to. And he's getting so much mileage out of just like dynamic blocking and basic camera moves to tell you what's happening. I mean, I I think of the, that opening um, of course with a, you know, whenever Beckett arrives and he's handing out the, uh, the, the warrants for arrest. He's everything. got his back turned and to the camera and someone takes off his cape and he turns around cape, dramatically. Right. Come it's on, awesome, come on. But, it, but it's also like, so you have, you have the actual introduction of Beckett where like they're coming in on the boats and Beckett is on the horse on the boat, which by the yeah. way, they did for real and took months of training for one <laughs> shot. Um, the screenwriters were upset. <laughs> like Elliot and Rossio were obsessed with having this in the movie and Gore's like, fine, I'll do it. It's one shot. It's one shot. And it looks incredible. It's awesome. It's like a crazy way for him to appear. (laughs) But like, that's how concise this movie is. You see that one shot of him on the horse on the boat and you get this guy's entire deal immediately. Yeah, And the same is true for so many scenes where you're establishing dynamics. Like there's a scene later in the movie towards the very, very end where um, they're all going to the longboat 
and uh, the camera sort of dollies back and it transforms from this sort of, you know, like very dynamic shot of uh, Gibbs and the rest of the crew running the longboat to like this shot of Elizabeth realizing that she is going to handcuff Jack to the mast. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you realize that he probably got all of that in one setup and shot absolutely no coverage because he didn't have the time or the resources to do it. And he's using that widescreen. He's getting all this information to you yeah. immediately. One yeah. shot, one and done. He's not wasting any time getting anywhere. And it's just like it's one of my from that shots, opening yeah. shot of the <laughs> yeah. of the teacups with the rain coming into them. It's like, oh, oh, okay, I get it immediately. They're filled up. They're overflowing. Everything here is like off the rails now. The place you knew is gone. Um, yeah. And like this yes. is also shout out to Darius Wolski, the cinematographer of this film and the cinematographer of Alien Covenant and Prometheus. Oh, um, buy it right back. Uh, Volsky is present right now. He's with us. I, uh, Holy moly. He's doing I'm, a little I'm shaking. It. I'm shaking. Oh, that that's amazing. I that was the dot we needed connected right there. That, 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 that's amazing. And, and you're can, so can right. I, oh. I want to shout out another shot that I thought was just like so well done. It was like there's an introduction where um, Elizabeth is trying to escape the prison, she's being written out in the carriage. And they stop. There's still a man standing on a bridge yeah. and he's turned away. And you're like, oh, is he doing like some kind of dramatic like head turn? Is he going to turn around? And the Uh-oh. camera like shifts and it shows that he had already gotten stabbed. That like, is it, so dope. <laughs> it was just, it's the best. Like, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. And it <laughs> reveals the hidden figure behind him who had stabbed him. Like, it, oh my gosh. I just, it's just simple setup, too. It's one shot. It's one yeah. shot. It's that one beautiful, like, medium-wide. And then, like, that's not even getting into, like, all of the more, like, expressive stuff Gore uses for locations. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. sort of, like, there's, like, the, there's the torture island where you first meet Jack. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of that is insane. It's insane that that's in the movie because it has no reason to be there. There's no historical basis for it. <laughs> it's just this, like, it's a torture island that's, like, out of a Von Sternberg movie. It's like you're watching yeah, yeah. the opening of the Scarlet Empress where everybody's getting their eyes ripped out and shit. And there's just <laughs> this crazy, like, 18-millimeter lens shot of, like, guys in cages screaming. <laughs> and like, oh, I get this place, this whole deal, and it's on screen for 10 seconds. It's like it's like and the little, the- like, Hitchcock, the birds, like, people getting their no, eyes ripped exactly. out and stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then yeah. you have, like, the awesome gag where, like, Jack is, like, in the coffin and the bird lands in the coffin. He just blows it to pieces. And yeah. fly everywhere. That's that, awesome. That, okay, that's such an amazing, like, uh, like, because, uh, again, because Jack Sparrow is such a mythos, even after that one movie, and to introduce him like that is just so, like, it's just so perfect. He just did some insane shit you will never see. <laughs> You're so right. And Scrabby, it's like, yeah, he hid inside of a cask, which got, which got tossed into the ocean, and then he blew a crow off of it, and then took the leg and rode his way back to the black Yeah, this like, guy's, like, all right, foot, like, we're, we're, bony we're, foot. We're freaking doing it. And, like, and again, it's like, I love how after, like, like, a quintessential family night film, Curse of the Black Pearl, you have in the first five minutes, people's eyes getting ripped out in Dead Man's chest. It's just like, yeah, like, well, welcome to the show. We're, we're freaking doing this. <laughs> And, and and so and so and so just going back, starting chron- uh, chronologically, just like at the beginning of this film, and, and like you were saying, chance like it so quickly, so efficiently, like like with that teacup shot or with the rain on, on like the the sheet music on the stand that's like starting oh. to fall off. And mm-hmm. what's so incredible about that shot? I'm sorry, I got care, but I, I was watching it. I'm like, I have to wonder if it was a little miracle or if they timed it so they could get that piece of sheet sheet music to fly off right as they started to pan away. No, yes. It's so perfect. Seriously. Like, 
that was hooting and hollering when they, they say accident <laughs> it happens to fly away and then like that's just it, it, it's a little things like that and, and again and so quickly in a couple shots you, you get it you're like oh okay like this wedding has been upended this place like this the the the, the vibe has shifted dramatically in, in Port Royal, to, to put it simply. And then immediately, it's like Beckett arrives, and you feel like he's just always existed, like in this universe. And it's just, yeah. oh, oh, it's like, I know who this guy is. This, this, this slimy little, like, I know who this guy is. And you immediately, like, you can't take your eyes off him. And so, yeah, so, so Will Turner and, and, and Elizabeth Swan, their, their wedding is, is, is interrupted, right? And, and Lord Cutler Beck, Beckett, played by our, our freaking boy. Um, uh, Tom Hollander. Uh, I almost just said Tom Holland. Um, of, uh, the, the curse, curse casting um, of the East India Trading Company. Uh, he calls for the arrest of the two of them and like has their warrants, right? And then he kind of sets them up like for helping Jack Sparrow, you know, escape, Captain Jack Sparrow, Cap, Captain Jack Sparrow escape at the end of the last film. Cut to like what we were talking about the just the torture island, right? And and, and that's Jack Sparrow's a- intro for this movie. He escapes because he got like the the just the cloth, just this like silk little almost like screen wiper cloth um with the with, with the dead man's Yeah, I use that to clean it. my glasses out, guys. Like, <laughs> literally, it's a drawing of a key. <laughs> And again, it's like, I, I don't need to know why it was in that place. I just know he has the cloth. So he gets that. He brings it back to the ship. And, and, and then that's where we find that his compass is, is a quote unquote compass is just a fry, right? It's just, <laughs> it's, we'll wait. It's, we'll wait to open that bag of worms. I feel like I feel like yes. we need to get, let that let that stay a little longer. <laughs> but so so, so no, that, that's, that's acting. All, all, yeah. And I, and I, I want to add before we get too far from that opening, because I yeah. think it's easy to rag on the script of this movie because there really wasn't one. <laughs> but I'll say some of the best table setting this movie does is when they're handing out the warrants for Will and Elizabeth. They also mention there's a warrant for James Norrington from the first movie. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, he resigned his commission. He got fucked up. Yeah. And you're like, and you know immediately, oh, this shit's coming back. <laughs> his ass is coming back. <laughs> and that's like a beautiful way of setting up what they eventually do with Norrington in this movie, which is one of the best bits of character writing in the whole series. But oh, like, yeah. Oh, so he, great I, I, opening scene. Great dialogue. Great way of going, okay, just like this is a surprise tool that will help us later. Yeah, It's also yeah. so easy. It's also so easy to write a character off like that in a sequel. And be like, right. okay, oh, yeah. so easy. he's like the competing love interest. But now we have Will and Kira Knightley. It's like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, we have yeah. Will and Elizabeth Swan now. It's like, we can just wrap that up with a little bow. Even, and get out of jail free card. You're like, if we can, we can abandon ship on that guy if we want to. Yeah. But, but yeah. I, I will say, yeah, I think, you know, if I was negative on the script in my, in my opening, I do want to say that the story beats, like the big story beats of this movie are very clean. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like the, 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 the table setting and like how yeah. you connect the dots, it works really well. And, I mean that like that opening scene like uh, it instantly like gives kind of like an interesting relationship to all the characters like mm-hmm. it, it it really upends the dynamic and I think this is like an enduring theme of the movie that like these like characters who like teamed up and like you know part it's partially in the first movie where like you know they're teaming up but it's like kind of reluctant because they're in it for different reasons but by the end of it you know they're all like kind of friends and this movie it's like it instantly kind of gives Will and Elizabeth like by separating them early in the movie and also giving them like kind of different motivations from Jack. Like mm-hmm. they're 
they they start they they kind of oppose each other now and like it's 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 a very like kind of ballsy move to to get like your beloved franchise characters and then pit them against each other it's it's why i referenced the coen brothers in the in the pregame because it's like you you think about movies like you know fargo or a simple plan or the tv show fargo a movie that's just riffing fargo on Legends the coen brothers where yeah. it's just like let's take these characters and just shoot them in a million different directions and see how they collide like yeah. you're mm-hmm. literally just trying to ram all of these things up against each other as hard as you can and see what mm-hmm. and see what comes of it and it's it's amazing yeah, no, that is one of my favorite things I I really appreciate about this movie is like like you guys are saying it's that totally again with these beloved characters after the first one it's like oh I, I love Jack Sparrow I went as him for Halloween this movie is completely unafraid to like to blemish these people to like show their flaws yeah oh. to to have them make like morally wrong decisions which again sounds so simple but like but again nowadays it's just like everyone gets along in these movies you know like there's there's no yeah. conflict between between like our main no. protagonists like ever and the fact that again they're pitting them against each other like it, there's like it, one good person in this movie and it's probably will like yeah. <laughs> he's like probably the yeah. most decent human being in this movie and yes. that's like not even saying a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> and again and yeah and to have like jack sparrow like maybe elizabeth swan's dad oh yeah he's kind of a coward he's kind of a he's kind of a little coward (laughs) well he tried to break break her out of jail no he did his piece but like i think i think it's half measures you know i i I respect where i respect where uh whether the swan is coming from but he is and always has been um a low beta a low t soy beta cock so oh yeah we're just just saying that he has a good heart no yeah again it's like they have like they like they have dynamics they like they have not afraid to have like give these characters flaws you know and like that makes mm. it again like jack sparrow like yeah like you have him like i know he has his heroic moment which is like such a cool thing at the end but like yeah you have him rowing away in the middle of the third act like he has like and he's actively tricking and like like hor- like he's, oh like, he's a scene. gaslighter in his he's, movie. Uh, he's, like a straight he, up he's gaslighter. a gaslight gaslight gatekeep <laughs> like he's he just gives away walter like literally with david jones like are you okay with sacrificing your friend like that he's like yeah He's like, yeah. Are you about? having a good time? Yes. <laughs> when they start just recruiting people to like to their death. Oh my like, god, such a good scene. So Unbelievable. Like the, I'm like, this is I can't believe this is happening. Like this so is awesome. Evil. And the entire right. crew's like, okay, where are we getting these 99 souls from, Jack? Yeah. And like they're all on board to just kill there's, all these there's people. There's no debate. <laughs> Like they're they're like a man. Like, it's awesome. We're gonna get people from the absolute dregs of society on the and lowest like, rung. I've always wanted to say the high sea since I was a boy, and it's like this guy's this guy has no idea what it's coming to it. We're just like I don't like. There's no difference between being alive and dead. He's like you're in <laughs> a plus. Like the only thing they're torn up about are like the logistics of getting these guys. Like there's no question. Yeah. It's just no, it's, this movie's legitimately hilarious. Yeah. Like way funnier than the first. No, absolutely it's yeah. it's a as one might say a romp like it is it's amazing it's so so continuing uh jack sparrow then goes downstairs and is greeted by our introduction to stellum skarsgård uh his stellum skarsgård's bootstrap bill turner which i mean wait hold on before we go too far before we go too far i want yeah. i do want to highlight something mm. maybe my favorite character introduction in this movie which is crazy because there's so many good ones but yeah. i think my favorite character introduction is you have uh gibbs so this is this is cutting between uh it, it cuts back before you see uh jack sparrow arrive on the black pearl 
it just establishes that the Black Pearl still exists and Gibbs is on board. Yeah. And he's yeah. reciting the Dead Man's Chest poem. Yes. And the camera does which is, that Which is move. another incredibly effective, like, economical shot. It's just this one shot yeah. of Gibbs walking up the deck. You get, like, the full ship. He's coming up, and then he gets up to the camera. And it's this, like, incredible, like, widescreen close-up of yeah. Gibbs singing. And it, it's one shot. It's awesome. It's, yeah. it's, no, that is, like, it's so yeah. gnarly, and it's so atmospheric. Ugh. You know, you know what's what's interesting though. There's like a a nice blend of like really fast paced editing, which tells me they did a lot of coverage for certain sequences. And then the, there are those like economical shots where it's like they probably didn't shoot that much on that day or on that set. Like, but that yeah. helps me feel like I'm in good hands because it's able to do both. It's not just one thing. So right, there's a lot of latitude, and a lot of times what he'll do to kind of like get the pace going. And mm -hmm. not have to worry about continuity. There's a lot of sequences like that scene where they're signing up, like the, the guys for the ship, or like the scene whenever Will is looking for Jack and he's interviewing people. It's just a series of people like talking to the camera in different locations, yeah. or a series of like objects and stuff, just to kind of like get the pace going and not bog the production right. down. Like it's just this incredibly like competent, artful filmmaking where he's yeah. like, "I'm going to do as much with as little as possible," and it's it's, yeah. it's great. It's all with intent. Yeah. yeah. No, totally, totally. Um, yeah, 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 and like you're saying, Chance, like it's all very simple camera movements. Like he isn't like, uh, like yeah, he's not doing like the most bonkers like formal stuff you've no, ever seen. No. But it's it's always interesting. It's always interesting to look at, and it's just yeah, again, this thing is like a textbook in so many ways, just for like <laughs> filmmaking like this. But and so yeah, so so he meets Stellan Skarsgård's character, which again, an instance of like. Like, this dude has a starfish on his face. Like, it, it could have been, like, in the wrong hands. Like, this character is, like, so silly, or maybe you can't take him seriously, but getting with gore and an, an actor of, like, Stellan's capacity, like, God. in his skill, he brings so much gravitas to it. Like, maybe the best performance in any of these movies. I, yeah, I can say that for a lot of these things because there's a lot of great performances here, but Stellan, the heart he gives that character. Yes. I, I'm not the biggest Orlando Bloom fan, but, like, like, Stellan sells that relationship, the father son relationship. Absolutely, like, yeah. Like it's it's just Stellan. So quickly, opinion. so quickly. Like, it, yeah. like it's it has to, the setup and payoff of that entire relationship when Will's on the ship is pretty quick. Like it's not a lot of screen time. But when they're saying goodbye, I'm like, is there dust in this room right now? Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm feeling this, bro. Like I mean, somebody like I saw I saw somebody highlight this about Stellan's character. Like, and and you know another major theme of this movie is like death and decay mm. and you know and and we we touched upon that with like kind of like you know the degeneration of port royal and mm. you know mm. we'll you know we'll, we'll touch on it more like jack sparrow's fear of death but like the death the death and decay it's like so present in in just like bootstrap bills like his design and like his demeanor like he's like super pale He's like, yeah. he's constantly coughing up water. Yeah. And uh, hard to look at. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm in love with that part when they first introduce him. And he, whenever he opens his mouth to speak, the water just runs down his yeah. face. And he's got God. like, he's like munching on that. He munches on like that bug. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like so, it's so sad. Like, like everybody in this movie is just like dead, like sick yeah, like, or dying. On the, like, on death's door. Yeah. Yeah, like he he's he's really like he's so he's so compelling. And and yeah, like 
he like you said he could look silly chance you said like the, the prosthetics it's like i mean the visual effects are stunning like yeah yeah just what a perfect like portrait character like absolutely and you know credit credit to elliot and rossio for 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 dreaming that guy up and like mm. and then you know the performance and the direction just gives that character so much more because like really it, he's kind of just there to deliver exposition almost but like yeah he gets elevated he becomes so much more like yeah incredible no, incredible introduction and they and they know where to put the exposition because a lot of that stuff mm. ends up falling on some of their strongest actors because it's Stellan is bootstrap mm. bill Kevin McNally is Gibbs and Tom Hollander is Bucket Beckett. And all of those guys can just chew a line up and spit it out. Like they all have this like dense exposition, but all of them have such great presences and voices and faces. I mean, like you're there, we'll get to you're, it, you're but... listening, you're intent. No, you're, like, we'll get to it. Also, Naomi Harris. I mean, Ooh, oh, she's my got God, so whatever much. She's the like, best one. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's true. It's it's like and I, and I I wrote this down. And I think there's something. I mean, I I think now's the time to get into it. But the cast for this movie, from the top to the bottom, oh. is just so exciting and dynamic. Um, and not yeah. just in terms of like their ability to portray their given characters, but like creating a cast of so many characters with so many interesting looking actors. Like it, it's sort of this like Sergio Leone mindset of like, give me the most interesting looking guy you can find. Give me the <laughs> weirdest face you can find. Give me the craziest voice you can find. Because every single time somebody's on screen, you're like, I've never seen anybody who like moves like this or like talks like this. And it's it's just yeah. so awesome. And like because there's so many characters, there's so many different movies. Like we talked about it in the pregame, but the sort of tone and genre shifts throughout the whole thing. Whenever you're with Will or Elizabeth, it's a very different kind of movie than when we were with like mm. uh my favorite thread to follow like Pintle and Rigetti, like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the <laughs> parts of the Caribbean universe. Yeah. One of the two Rosencrantz and Guildenstern pairs, as Mateo <laughs> pointed out to me, of the parts of the Caribbean universe. But no, it's these two like idiots, like of these like these like pretty obscure character actors who were just given entire scenes with tons of latitude to just kind of go for it. They have banter about like pretending to read the Bible, you get points for trying. Like it's just <laughs> And they also like commentate on the action. They're like just back yes. there, like watching scenes play out. Going, well, he's doing this and he's doing this. And this is like, no, 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 I love this that. to advance the plot. What if we did this thing to advance the plot forward, so you can keep watching this movie? It's crazy. And they're they're like they're like it's like peak C three PO R two D two vibes. Like oh my it god, is. I mean, Perfect. this is like this is that that hidden fortress Star Wars Hamlet type shit. Tom yeah. Stoppard rolling over That's in his awesome. fucking grave. Is Tom Stoppard still alive? Hold on. I think he is. I think he is alive. He's old. <laughs> if he's still alive, he's old as fuck. Let yeah, he he has water coming too. out of his mouth like Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's Tom alive. Stoppard he's alive. Is currently alive. He's eighty six so, years old. Tom Stoppard rolling over in bed. Tom, if you hear this, um, on the Warford pod. Binsky bit your shit, bro. Bro's on David <laughs> Jones' crew for sure. <laughs> no, no, yeah, like, 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 no, I, I think, I think it was a scene with those two. When I was like, that's when I realized I was like, this movie has so many characters, but, but it's not, and so then, it's great. It, it's like when even like, like your third point guard on your team is getting meaningful minutes. I'm like, how, how is this happening? Like, it's a deep, deep bench, but again, it, but it never buckles underneath the weight. Like, I, 
I was telling offline before this because you know, I was going coming up to the buzzer with, with with my viewing of this movie, and so like I so said, it was when it was about the time when when like the when Jack puts the heart in the jar of dirt, and I was like, okay, like l- I'll let them know how much time I left in this movie just in case I'm a little late coming onto the pod, and I was like, it was a jump scare seeing that I was like, I thought I had like 90 minutes left. No, there was about 20 minutes of the film left, no, which I don't say as a pacing issue. I mean, like I. My attention was grabbed like the entire time, which I had, which I had a more an eloquent way of saying that. But it's just, I uh, just scene to scene to scene. It's just I'm like I'm invested in all of it, right? Again, just, just a testament to gore. And and back to what we were saying about when I, I love the way like you you frame that chance of just like yeah, like they they know where to put put the exposition. And it wasn't until you like said that until I realized like how much how much Scarsgard had to set up in that scene. Like he has to like. In in that one in that in that one scene, he has essentially established like, well, one like who Davy Jones is, like what his deal is, yep. what Jack Sparrow's relationship to him is, and just like he sets pretty much the entire plot of the movie in motion in that scene. But and all the just, rules, yeah, yeah. He, he sets the rules of the film in motion. But like, but you don't feel it. Like the the film just like brushes, like no. takes off that coat and puts on a new one so quickly and so effortlessly. And and Stalin gets you invested. It's like shoot, like this, like e- even if I don't understand, like the mechanic like davy jones worker mechanics or what his union laws are like or something you know like or what exactly the black spot on the hand means i'm like i know that ain't good and i know he's coming i don't think the flying dutchman crew is unionized buddy i don't i don't <laughs> think there's any protection for those workers those probably that that is the i mean like compared to like like i feel like the crew on the black pearl with barbosa they were having fun <laughs> they were having a good time. Everybody no one on the Dutchman is allowed. They to were partying. Was say, there's, no, there's they're, good they're cleaving there. flesh from bone. Oh, I want to shout out the character thing though one more time because it's mm. like world building can be kind of done in a lot of ways, and I think like Star Wars does it because it's like all the different planets and locations, and people like mm. will like shout those out. But I think Pirates does an exceptional job of world building through like exceptional character building and like character writing and having performances that really match like their stature as like these living legends and so you whenever you like you visit a new spot and you're taught like with like calypso or you're with you know davy jones like the you feel like the world is expanding because of the performances and the characters not just like oh we're seeing a new ship we're seeing like a new beach like that's that's not what really what interests us it's the people which is the the best compliment i can give i love yeah that. yeah no 100 percent and, and and so after that scene, uh, we we then go back to Will, right? And that and that's when Beckett offers Will. He's like, "Hey, like, come go go fetch me, <laughs> like go fetch me Jack's compass, bring him back, and like, which will as a result, like, in, to get to convince Jack, it's like, you know, we'll we'll pardon him, and then you know, like, potentially we'll set you and Elizabeth free, right? That's the deal he makes. And then I and this is when like, and I I, I can feel like the 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 train the train was really picking up steam, like uh, for me. Once Will like sets out to start to find Jack, because I love I love the way they do that. Like, and, and my, I was watching my brother was in the room for the scene, and I love how he said like when when he goes to like when it just becomes like okay, Will has to go f- just find Jack now. Which again, like bro, like yeah, I can't just open Snap Map, you know, like he has to go find Jack. Like who knows? Great and It's very like it's it's like sneaky Scorsese esque the way you have these like random citizens of this world. Oh yeah, like, the editing, ta- yeah, like it talking into the camera. It's like Goodfellas or something like that. I'm just being like, no, it, I'm just it's giving so dynamic. And I love the way and, they did like, that. And I think I think it's so easy to skip over the scene, but I think I I think um one of the scenes I want to talk the most about is actually that scene where Beckett makes ter- Will Turner that offer. Oh sure, yeah. 
um because it's, it's a very um it's not a very flashy scene uh mm-hmm. formally it's not very it, it's just kind of like okay here are the stakes for you will here are the rules that are going to apply moving mm-hmm. forward but it's like the, this this scene establishes a few things. One of which is um how obscenely fucking expensive this movie is because they walk outside on the veranda and they're just like raising yeah. a clock face up because they can. Because Gore has this fucking widescreen like frame and he's like, well, I can fit Will and Beckett on the left side. Then I can put a ship over here. And then I'll mm-hmm. put a whole clock face <laughs> over on the right side of the frame because why the fuck not? We're like, building no Big Ben in the background. <laughs> No, yeah. it's crazy. It's like, but not only that, the clock is acting as this like symbol for like what Beckett is talking about. Like, you know, the time of pirates is going to end, like their time mm. is running out. And it's like, so we have the giant clock face, which is symbolizing the way Beckett is changing Port Royal, the way the world is changing, the fact that time is literally running out for all of these people. And also we're doing the wild bunch. The plot of this series is now the plot of <laughs> Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. Like, <laughs> it's and like, it is. And you you watch you watch at World's End, you're like, holy fuck, I'm watching a really, really long version of the shootout from the Wild Bunch. <laughs> but like it, it's great. Like that scene is actually fantastic because yes. again, more expo dump from our goat Tom Hollander. Yes, but sir. also the fucking goat. Also, just like you said the clock tower. You, you you mentioned the clock tower bit and like yes. part of that is also like this character kind of represents like the like transition from like the this kind of like more like classical based world into like we're moving into like industrialization and efficiency it's global and, capitalism like, like and, the, and the story mer- of this movie is the, yeah. the expansion of global capital and, but like it's fantastic because like there's one line in there that's just amazing where he's like Honor is no longer the currency, the of, currency the of the realm. Yeah. Currency, currency is the currency of the realm. I wrote that line down because it's like it, it it's it's such an interesting like there's like so many moments in this movie where you have characters who are kind of like faced with a choice to like kind of like oppose each other and like all try to like come out on top or cooperate. And it's like you have like the push and pull of like the sort of like kind of like individualist like like mer- mercantile mindset and like this like you know kind of like older like like chivalry code of honor that they, they could follow and like team up and work together for a greater good and it's like that's such a good like push and pull to have in your pirates <laughs> movie it's so like good. it's so rich like there's no reason this movie has to be that rich and like full of like meaning. <laughs> There's no reason. And like in my, so right. I think, and I, I think I know I've written hard for these movies, and I'm sure at least you, Chris, probably I probably looked at my older reviews for this movie on Letterboxd, <laughs> both of which were me talking about how insane it is the plot of like the Gore's Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy is like a bunch of like, you know criminals and like people that are subjugated by like like monarchist society opposing the expansion of global capital um like mm-hmm. these movies are like very directly about like capitalism like the early forms of like mm-hmm. industry and like the social reorganization that capitalism brings about um and that, and that 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 stuff is there in this movie and it's there whenever um you know jack is there with the cannibals and he picks up the uh the the tin and it has the east india trading company brand on the bottom yeah um that like there's nowhere is left untouched by the expansion of the system and that goes even more insane in the third one which i won't i don't get too much into but the fact that like starts in singapore is like the politics of that, that are wild yeah. it's like a wild choice politically because like this is like immediately pre-opium wars um and like yeah 
the implications that that has for all of these people and like the way that this mode of like making money would disappear because you, you another one of the perspectives you get in this movie is like trade ships like there's a there's a like a, the ship elizabeth stows away on and that will later ends up on it's a trade ship it's there and they're talking about how they can no longer actually perform their business because the east india trading company has a monopoly over every port except tortuga which they, re- they refuse to go to because it's a pirate port and it's illegal yeah and like they didn't have to do that they didn't have to include that and it's fucking Literally. psychotic of them to explicitly go about like we're gonna add another layer of subtext and it's like isn't it weird the way like you know capital works <laughs> the way like industry changed everything it's kind of like you know like it's like it's like watching the killer when he goes to the amazon dropbox it's like you know. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 we sw- quickly detour for 90 minutes of the killer talk and then we circle back to dead man's chest oh uh, i could I, I was watching this movie today and i turned to craig and i'm like you know we were watching the killer again last night and the way fincher was I'm like no 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 uh-huh. <laughs> we, we can't we can't do this now we can't do this now. <laughs> no i mean you, you're so right and thank you yeah thank you for 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 slowing me down and revisiting that scene because that 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 is we're talking about and all those things yeah like you're like they walk out into that balcony and you see like again like there's so much just a real movement going on in the background like you have the clock moving you have them boarding ships and like in, in a film nowadays which is volume tech there green screen and have it just like just for like very basic scene dressing Not but that's same. the and gore again through things like that but again like using the money putting them putting gore the money on the screen money. yeah gore had disney fuck you money and that will <laughs> never exist again disney fuck you money isn't real anymore yeah and by putting the money on the screen and, and also through, like you were saying, like having commentary on subject matter like that in, in a way that again, like is just so fearless. It adds so much texture to this film. Right. And like you said, Mateo, no reason being this rich, you know, like it could like there's like, you know, some people would have just wanted to just to like give Jack Sparrow the baby Yoda treatment and be like, oh, this thing works. You know, like, let's just like let's just lean in, into like Jack's silliness. That's what people like. And. Oh, it's just so I mean, much less interesting. It's not this. like they don't lean into the cell. Oh no, no. <laughs> I, but as in, as in, like they make that the movie. You know, it's like, oh yeah, 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 it's yeah. just like let's just. That's what on Stranger Tides is. On Stranger Tides is yeah. Let's just let Jack run around, and we're all gonna go. Oh, we all love Jack Sparrow. <laughs> but even like the stuff that Jack is doing in this movie is just like utterly like entertaining. Oh like, no, absolutely. I, well, I'm not saying yeah. there aren't Jack hijinks. It's just like you know, it, it it's the novelty it's more than that yeah 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 it it feels so much more meaningful and like it's not just a utility yeah it's not just watching jack talk his way out of scenarios for two and a half hours you know like there's so many (laughs) other like interesting moving parts right and so so we have that speaking of scenarios with jack (laughs) speaking of scenarios with jack so 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 will and i love the way this is done too it's not like we see jack get like get tangled up with these cannibals and then we see will be like oh now will's gonna join i love how you just follow from will you see will he finds the black pearl you're figuring out like unraveling this mini mystery with him and then he's i'm like i've seen this before i just i started laughing so hard when i just see jack just sitting on that throne we're just like it's so absurd but so the eyelid thing yeah the eyelid Oh yeah! Oh it, my god! It's amazing, and like that whole set's amazing, and they're just like, and like the, they they know they can do whatever they want. I'm like, oh yeah! Like the, at that point, you know the movie's just going for it, and so it has like the whole whole set piece, set piece with the cannibals, and then Will gets taken away, and then gets taken into like the 
um, the like basket prisons, you know, just <laughs> made out of the bones of dead crew members, which yeah. is oh, awesome. Yeah, they, I didn't yeah, connect they, that dot. That's yeah, because no, they ate no, it's so, the bones of the other crew members them. that they ate already yes, of the yes. black. Crew. Yeah, Gibbs. I realized like, that these cages were built after we got here, and like this is another great scene. Is like as they're trying to get out of these cages and they're climbing up the wall, mm-hmm. and they're like just like an actor in the movie for like five minutes. Like one of the um the other crew members from the Black Pearl, in the it's in the competing cage as like Gibbs and Will yeah. does this amazing hand gesture when he's telling them to quietly keep climbing, where he just goes like points his finger up in this like dramatic way and i'm like yeah. that's just a guy they got a cool guy for this like two minute roll <laughs> no, but, i love that yeah. let me say for context like this is the scene where they basically plan on escaping by like starting to swing these prisons that are like suspended on on that's... rope back and forth i mean what a team building activity that's again <laughs> again like i said it's 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 the like selfishness versus cooperation yeah. coming into play where they have to like basically work together to get onto the wall and start climbing. Yeah. It's and a great set piece. Cra- I mean, crazy episode of the Amazing Race. Yeah. When you <laughs> or when you realize, yeah. When 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 you realize what they're gonna start doing, like when when the the germ of the idea comes in, it <laughs> cuts. It then cuts to like the 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 wide of the two like prisons <laughs> and the music the, the music choice from hans is so, so funny. funny there he's just like playing this like goofy waltz as yeah like <laughs> starting to swing back and forth it's so Best. funny and like you have you have like then you have the shot that's just straight onto their faces like it's pointed yeah. directly at the characters swinging towards the wall <laughs> And they're like, like they have their arms like stretched like, out. They're like, ah, ah, trying to grab the vines, and then you see them swing back no, again. Like, and like Gore went out of his way to get those shots. They extended those shooting days because Gore kept going that we need these close-ups to sell this scene. They were hard so as fuck right. to get. The slapstick and they is they're incredible. It. It's so so unbelievably. Yeah. And then there's some like there's some Buster Keaton shit in this movie. Yeah, there's some shit <laughs> like Buster Keaton just like his corpse is smiling right now. Yeah. There's some Jackie Chan stuff in this movie. Oh yeah, there is. Hey, <laughs> that stuntman count I was watching. Somebody is dead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro. When that ball t- took that first tumble, I was just. <laughs> I mean, that's no, not, whenever like, Jack, like, I, whenever he's attached to that pole and they have to have somebody like get unraveled from the rope. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, again, there are many uh, moments where I'm like, yeah, someone's dead. Someone's dead. One, like, more, uh, one, one more quick uh, a little uh, connection, you know, I'm, I'm doing my connections here today. Mm. Um, so, you know, Orlando Bloom is, of course, in Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, yeah. Quick Lord of the Rings connection here, which is that uh, the stunts were partially um, organized by and performed by uh, Sela Baker, mm-hmm. who um, plays some of the Urukai in Lord of the Rings, but oh. also plays the brute in David Fincher's The Killer. Yes! Uh, <laughs> we're so up right now. This is this, 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 oh, I mean, we're up. It seems like, like a board board with red lines on it. All good movies. I, you can't see it. It's people. right behind my yes. computer, and I'm just like. <laughs> and Mateo said, right, there are about 50 people making all the good movies. Like these are like they really, uh, really are. There's a small concentrated dog. No, no, he he definitely deserves that shout out because he's been just working his ass off doing some of the greatest stunts ever yeah. for, for years and years. Oh, um, hell yeah. And 
he's just incredible. The other the other great little bit is uh in that in that climbing scene once they finally reach the uh once they finally reach the side of the cliff yeah and then like and then uh will will says you know like all right everybody like we're all in this together and then like somebody in the other ball is like well actually i mean we could crew the pro with like probably like six guys tops (laughs) and like and then they start racing each other and it's like again like it's the movie like taking these characters that you want to like be together and like be friends and making like pitting them against each other, making them enemies, like it's the best. It takes full every energy, man like, for himself. Pirate, like yeah, the pirate idea. Yeah, no, yeah, and the way these like set pieces it may have like a very like simple like again like like a German idea origins, just like yeah, like suspended like ball prisons, you know, just like that's <laughs> it. Which quick detour that it, like speaks to the just like the, the imagination and like. Oh, my and God, the execution yeah. of the film is when you can say such a simple phrase and people know exactly what you're talking about, like or what scene you're talking about. You're like, oh, like ball prisons or just like, oh, like dice, you know, like it's just the big wheel, the bit <laughs> through 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 trembling breath, big wheel. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we will get there. But again so many great images and so many great ideas that constantly evolve like you're saying like it's like oh let's add another wrinkle of like now they're racing each other going up the cliff like it's it's just it's so amazing and then i love that it's you have like one one uh, uh crowd of antagonists but then two different parties we're having jack Sparrow as a different party trying to escape but the antagonists like are constantly going back and forth of like who they're chasing and it's just this amazing like it's it's like one cat two mice type of thing you know of just like of 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 them trying to get away that stuff is awesome so yeah so like will's team you know there's like someone on the bridge and we see the the other ball you know the one without like the characters we like in it you know they're they're climbing up <laughs> they fall fall to their death and so it's like okay like you know raise the six a little bit they keep climbing up they make it but then like one thing leads to another and they start tumbling down the hill in this ball prison right that's the that's the uh, there's a Jackie Chan movie that does that. And I have to wonder if he was inspired because it's like it's like the the cold open of this like one Jackie Chan movie where Operation uh, Condor. It's, yeah, it's, Operation it's, Condor. It's pretty mediocre, but it's 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 the identical bit like the hamster yeah. ball guy. Like he's yeah. like he basically he's like, all right, I need to get away from these people. So he just gets in a large hamster ball and just tumbles down a cliff. And like in the wide shot, you see Jackie Chan in that ball. And it's like. This this movie is kind of doing a similar thing, like it is because like it's like those those bounces that the ball takes down the hill are gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're like they're John Wick. Steps, you see, yeah. a, no, you see that those motherfuckers ragdolling in there. No, and the same yeah. is true for that, that Jackie Chan movie. And it's like there's a lot of stuff that's like so directly taken from like bits like that. Like it's all about like the that feeling those hits, and and yeah. I think there's also like that that sort of like cartoon logic to like the one group of antagonists that have to run back and forth they can't <laughs> yeah. just split up they all have to run back and forth because it's like you know you go to like mouse hunt like gorbinski's like first movie which in my opinion is genuinely one of the great debut features of all time yeah if you haven't watched mouse hunt you have to watch mouse hunt um but it's 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 this sort of like extreme awareness of these are the players these are the stakes these are the ways we can change them and these are the ways we can make every single shift it is hard as humanly possible. Yeah. <laughs> and like, whether that's with like two guys, one mouse, or if that's like 
a crowd of hundreds. It's yeah. it's all about just yeah. like moving your chess pieces around to uh, inflict maximum damage. I mean, all this culminating in Jack kind of running around the beach or being chased by the entire group oh. of people to get to the boat. I mean, the Raiders it, it, shot, all, yeah. all of this was just to reach that the one shot or sequence. I mean, it, it was worth it. No, like, that's. Yeah. It's a perfect payoff. No, yeah, yeah. Because you have Jack like suspended over the fire. He breaks free and he's running around with like the big spear on his back. And then like, yeah, he's catching the fruit. Doing all the that. fruit shit is insane. Also, yeah. done very economically in terms of the way it's filmed. It's mostly just yeah. really quick insert shots. Yeah, yeah it's smart filmmaking. I mean, cartoony is like literally like what I highlighted here. Like, yeah. it's, it's cartoony, but it works. It never takes you out of it. The thing like you see Jack javelin vault himself like like do like a double flip over onto the other cliff you don't question it right and then you have the, the fruit falling to the other end of like the javelin and like oh my it's, god it's it's like tom and jerry it's yeah. like it's it awesome and it's like and yeah you see him falling in like and and, you know, and for but it's another great ter- use in terms of like gore using that widescreen that he doesn't always need because you have that incredible gag where he falls through the bridge but you have such a large frame that you also just have this like one cannibal in the shot holding a spear just like watching him fall yeah which is hilarious <laughs> another another thing that was like that just like popped to my mind about like oh somebody got hurt here is like uh the when he's just like falling through all the bridges yeah, yeah. he's like crashing through like a ton of bridges like on the way down i'm like oh man like no exactly gnarly <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure every bone in Jack Sparrow's body is broken, but like, I'm rolling with it. I'm, I'm, I'm he's back. The, he's back. The plot armor protected him. And I know. <laughs> and so, so then he gets up, and everyone else is, and, and that's the funny thing. It's it's the what are they? Pintle and what are they? And Pintle and Rigetti. Pintle and Rigetti. They're like getting ready to steal the ship, and that's a funny big when the other ones get back. They're like, oh, like bro, like they're like dapping them up. You're like, thanks for getting the ship ready, bro. And they're like. Of course, like that's, that's, <laughs> that was our plan. That's why we're here. They board the ship, and yeah, I mean that that shot is it, it's perfect of the just like Jack like doing the. I mean, it, it is a great like. I mean, it's obviously an amazing physical performance just in the whole movie, but him like running around and then like I said, the Raider shot of all the cameras following him, like it's just yeah. it's just it's just perfect. Like it's that cinema, yeah, that cinema. That that cinema like Gore commands just like hordes of people like and shoots them like <laughs> in those wide ways like better than anyone he makes it up to the ship and like in mean movie the Campbell start chasing the dog after that after the like what fuck What's saving the cat fuck saving it's, the dog Sid Field found dead it's the dog it's th- that dog is like it's also like funny because it's like it's like one of like that dog is like one of the major like kind of symbols of the ride. Because yeah. like, oh, that's that's right. like that's the dog that like with the key in the ride, that, like keys, you know yeah. everybody kind of oh. loves the dog with the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and and now this dog just let's just be chased by suffer. a bunch of cannibals. Like, the, the, this movie has like visceral distaste for its source material, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> but it still like captures the vibe of the ride perfectly too. Like like later oh, when they Norrington, it's like uh, in the not not more Scorsese theme park way, but like I'm in that ride right now. Like I'm just like. I'm in. I'm in this world, you know, and so, so yeah. Will makes it out to the ship, and at that point they go visit uh, the the voodoo priestess Tia, right, played played by Naomi Harris, who was just 
again, Be it's time for an exposition. Uh, it's time for an exposition dump, but like, yeah, you do that putting it in like, oh, it's totally a good uh, exposition dump. You know, yeah, it's amazing environment. Look, like, awesome. an undead monkey. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like a, like immaculately like richly detailed like cabin you know it's like it's this this world onto itself like her little her, her little nook right and, and she yeah she explains like what the dead man's chest is like what that kind of MacGuffin is still has like it's still be you know still the still has Davy Jones heart in it also uh, setting up in that scene the most psychotic twist from the third movie a thing that even as a child made me go what the fuck is that <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? If you don't want me to, to talk about that, I won't. But I, I, I plan on watching At World's End in the next yeah, me too. 24 oh, or 40 yeah. hours. Please do. So because I'm that movie is now. insane. That movie is crazy. Yeah. I remember I rem- this movie is wild. At World's End is just like no, that is balls crazy. to the wall crazy. Like part of me is wondering if I'm like remembering that correctly of like what becomes of her crazy film. That's a crazy movie. Bro, what becomes of her? You could not guess. That you know what's great about that, and and I, you know, I'm sure Chance would be, uh, Chance would agree here. But like something that like, and you know, I hate to go back to Alien Covenant, but I'm gonna do it. Do it literally. Yeah, could um, go back. Let's go back to Alien. Covenant. Like second act, Alien Covenant. David Expo dumps in that like kind of like crazy like castle that he's built. Like it's the same sort of thing where it's like a very like. The, the 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 most powerful way to like get around exposition is just like by making it happen in a really cool looking place the cool that's yes. so real. person if you can have yeah. them like looking at the books in the background too yeah and it's like that's like that's the, you know like that's the jacques tourneur like those like val luton horror movies like Absolutely. those movies have so much exposition but again you Absolutely. just make it happen in this like really immaculately lit like cool looking place and like that just yeah. gets so much of the work done for you. Like the yeah. more junk you put in the foreground of your shot, the more interesting the exposition is. <laughs> this is the Jacques Turner effect. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. it works like it, it. And you know, like again, like the like specifics of what she's talking about are so complicated. <laughs> no, no, it's, and they it's... matter so much. They matter. <laughs> so much in this movie and they matter so much in the next movie i hope you were paying attention (laughs) but it's like it will be on the exam at least it will be on the exam it's (laughs) investing and and again it's like it's like what seb said about like like world building through characters like yeah like her performance like also like lends so much real like reality and credibility to like a very like she's saying fake goofy looking character. place almost like yeah. yeah it's like a goofy character it's like a crazy set but but it lends Naomi reality Scott's to like this great ridiculous it, mm-hmm. yeah like it helps you, know you I mean? believe the roles of the movie that she's kind of establishing yeah. like versus like our marvel movie where you know you just get kind of like a random you know glup kind of explaining something you, you get it's like a joke you get a guy in a suit and it's like it makes me think of one of the only marvel exposition dump scenes that i care about and it's one that like visually reminds me a lot of the scenes with Giadama in this movie, which is from Multiverse of Madness, whenever mm. um they're explaining like dreamwalking and how you can like possess another person's oh, body. Oh yeah. And like that is genuinely such a visually engaging scene. The actual dialogue is the same sort of like Marvel like mumbo jumbo crap yeah. that you're used to. But I'm like I'm watching that scene, I'm like, damn, this is awesome. 
Because, like, Sam Raimi directs the fucking hell out of it. Yeah. And the same is true for Gore here. The dialogue is nothing. Yeah. He directs the fuck out of it. Yeah. <laughs> a, cool little, so a cool little wrinkle is when, when they decide to go to Tia Dalma, like, they're, they, like, they, like, kind of refer to it, like, euphemistically. It's like, oh, we're going to the river. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. this, like, it, it gives her, like, it gives her, like, this, like, cool little mystique. Like, that's that's a little fun it's a fun little detail that I noticed. I was like, oh, I like that. No, yeah, like, like yeah, this movie takes every opportunity to turn like a scene, to turn any exchange like into like into like a memory for you. Yeah, to me, so so yeah. you can go after like, oh yeah, like the river scene, or yeah, like the yeah, it's like voodoo person's hut. It's like you know exactly what you're talking about, like because it, it's so it, it's just so heavily designed. Like like you said, and there's so much poured into every single moment like you know like yeah i was catching i was catching every fifth word she was saying but about like but i was like i get it like i i like this feels more important now like i'm um, again like, i get you're the always there yeah. with it yeah no what 100 so uh, just an all-time bamboozling in, in this next scene so you have will and jack they seemingly come to agreement when jack's just like yeah go over there and just go swipe that it's like the rick and morty's like 20 minute adventure in and out like just go over there <laughs> Just go get that key for me, King. He's like, that's the Dutchman. He's like, yep, that's the Dutchman. <laughs> just take, it's like source, dude. Trust me. It's like that's that's pretty much what's going on. That scene. Will fully believes him, and he goes over there, and that's it's it's get. like again, Alien Covenant. David telling uh telling Billy Cooper yeah. to look into the egg. It's not dangerous. Just do it. <laughs> hey, it'd be hey, I'm roll a twenty on that on that persuade on that charisma check for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no question. So he goes over there, but that ship turns out to be a ship that was destroyed by the Kraken earlier in the movie. And also, quick, I mean, this isn't like that, like deep of an observation, but but when Vance, you're like, this like burn after reading meets Mad Max Fury Road. If there was like a third circle in that Venn diagram, it's also just like a Jaws. It's just a Jaws movie too, because you have the Kraken just lurking the oh, entire yeah, time. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, great use of sound design there too. Whenever the Kraken's looking, because you had all these great like cutaway scenes of the Kraken just destroying other ships. Because mm -hmm. one, they have the money. Two, they got to keep the entertainment value up. And three, it's dope. It's so <laughs> it's, dope. It's a big, it's nope, a big, nope, really nope, setting the stakes up. Not a lot of crackings. No, and it's like, but you also have like all those scenes, you sort of establish these sort of formal like indicators of the crack. And you have this great like rumbling sound design. You start getting used to like the lensing and the sort of shot compositions that Gore is going to use to like foreshadow that it, it's a rival. And they're not like oh, over like the, the top. Sliding through a window, you can hear it like yes. You, can, you hear the suction cups hitting against the window, dude. Yeah, so those good. suction cups look so good. That CGI looks is so, so good. good when they're like yeah. sliding up the edge of the cannon oh. later in the oh, movie. I, I, yes, like, thank you. Oh, fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, we could have we could spend twenty minutes talking about just like how this movie hasn't aged visually at all and like in the no. whole like this was 2006 aren't you guys embarrassed that is not that was not an understatement like it's act no. it's actually that crazy how good this movie yeah. looks and like the crack like if you told me like an 06 movie had the cracking in it like i would be like fearing for my life rewatching because i know the crack like, unless it was done in some like in, in, in like a Raimi practical way, in like a Doc Ock way, I'm like, if it wasn't, I'm, I'm like this, yeah. like, like I would probably assume it looks atrocious, you know, like, and it's just like, uh, freaking I mean, like, the, like uh, Sharknado type beat. I'm like, the Kraken is real. I'm like, that is like, that's <laughs> a CGI. They the found the Kraken and they Davy filmed Davy Jones it. is real. 
Dj Jones is real. That's not Bill the Nye. way the the way they sell him in like in terms yes. of just like making all of the uh like the CG parts of his body look real by using the lighting and composition is crazy because you have that introduction scene on that crashed boat, you know, where Will's up there and they're lining the crew up to kill them all or like put them into servitude on the Flying Dutchman, and you have this sort of like half light on his face and a sort of like glow on his skin yeah and it's just like that is it's so physical it's so real it's so like he's they, they've put him in this environment and they're using the environment that only make the cgi easier they're hiding a lot of his body but to mm-hmm. also make what you do see feel so much more like tangible it's awesome uh, yeah. t- tangible is a great word it's like there's like there are moments when they're walking through just like the hall, like the corridors and hallways of the Davy Jones ship, and I'm like, I need to take a shower right now. I'm like, this is like nasty. Like there is, <laughs> it's grimy. You feel the texture. Oh my goodness. There's and, people and, trapped in the walls. Like, and, no, <laughs> seriously. I, last of us taking notes. Um, <laughs> I love that Will wasn't even phased by it. Dude just came out like <laughs> nah, gave us some advice. His brain's just in there, and and, and that's like, one, that. And and like you're so right about like Davy Jones. It's like like live it. <laughs> One of the greatest accomplishments of this movie, this was hinting at earlier, is just like the way this movie, like it totally, it delivers on all of the like on the pre-existing or even in-universe, like again, like mystique and mythos and like legend building. Mm-hmm. Because Davy Jones, like I, I, I forgot like how far into this movie he actually appears, but like I mean they they nail it, like they they because they're hyping him up the entire film, and then he finally enters, and it's just like it, it totally delivers on everything he's been up. He's also the scariest the character ever. <laughs> yeah. Also, also say that like, the Alfred meme. He's like Bane's the scariest guy I've ever seen. It's like Davy Jones is the scariest guy I've ever seen. And, but but it doesn't do in a whole like oh like less is more. Like the less we show Davy Jones is scarier is like they they like there's a lot of Davy screen time in this film, but he never loses his impact every time he's on screen or his no. novelty. Like it, it, it's amazing. What, yeah. What 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 an what an organ player he is too. Oh, he, he what a great organ player. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Hans Zimmer on that thing. Yeah. You're say no, James. but it, it's like the thing about Davy Jones is like not he he can be goofy if you want him to be because Bill yeah, Nye yeah. is handing it the fuck up like <laughs> no, the yes. ninety nine souls <laughs> like the like these like really long like hammy line deliveries. Yes. But it's but at the same time, like what makes Davy Jones scary isn't necessarily the way he looks. It's just that he's a bastard. I mean, he is just a cruel, cruel person. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like that's what makes him so terrifying less yeah. than like the way he looks because you could have mm-hmm. him look that way and him not be terrifying at all yeah. the way he is written like the things they have him do are like just like pretty like he's like laissez-faire about like let's slit some throats today let's <laughs> really just like fuck him up like it's just he's an yeah. awful person he's just like, well, like comically yeah. horrible i mean the, there's <laughs> like it, it, and it's merciless. you know yeah i talked about this before like how how bad the vibes are on the dutchman but it's like <laughs> <laughs> Like it really it's, guys. It's tough like work. I don't. I don't think I want to be here right now. Like I don't it's, think anybody wants to be on the Dutch. Tough work it's like place. it's like a living hell, right? Because he's like, and, and you know, like it's he's basically like exploiting the fear of death that the sailors have. Yeah. To basically, they're alive, but they're just in hell. Like because, like, yeah, all the work that they do, it's like so art. Like every like movement and like every movement and like thing that the dutchman has to do it's it requires so much work like you have the people like spinning that like 
I don't know what that wheel does. I don't. I'm not a boat guy. But they're yeah, spinning that it, like big wooden. Summons the kraken. Summons the. It, it's it's like the dune how they summon the worm. It like oh. it goes into the water. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're like getting whipped as yeah, they're doing. It's yeah, like yeah. it's horrible. Like, Stellan whipping his own son. Yeah, yeah. Like all the work, everything about it. It's like it's like just brutality on brutality on brutality like what was the line that he had where he's just like you know if like life's so like horrible what makes you think the afterlife's any better oh I was, yeah i thought that one hard Rose is yeah. you know, and that and that reminds me of like just like the, like the way they summarize the cruelty not just through those like extremely like broad powerful descriptions of it but like after uh bootstrap bill whips will turner you have the thing where it's like Will's like, see, so you're, you're like, you're telling me that was supposed to be an act of mercy, as if like Bootstrap won't have a comeback, and Bootstrap's just like, yes, like no hesitation, yeah. like what yeah. I did for you was an act of mercy, yeah, and it's crazy, yeah. and, no, and Will yeah. and Will just accepts that because he's like, oh fuck, <laughs> if you speak with that kind of conviction, like yeah, he's telling the truth. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe how good the performance capture was. Like, oh. I, I didn't even want to take notes because I just wanted to, like, watch him. No, seriously. It's, like, not once does it, like, falter for a second. Dude, like, where you no. go, like, oh, CGI character. In daylight, it looks so good. Even in daylight. It's, it's, it's cause the, the way the light, I think it's, like, the most important thing. It's, like, the way the light, like, bounces off of his skin and his it eyes. like when, like, grand. Yeah, it, it, He's like looks like really slimy and alive. Yeah. Always. yeah. It's I mean yeah. it's it's really breathtaking. Like I mean this movie won best VFX. Like oh. they should just like give this movie best VFX every Oscars. You should call it the Dead Man <laughs> the Dead Man's Chest Award for best visual effects. Yeah, you know? until, like until someone does better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, I, I, yeah. I'm gonna be real. I don't know if anybody has. I love Avatar Way of Water as much as the next guy. No way, bro. No, it's, it's no DJ Jones. Especially for its time. Especially for its time. It's like, especially Davey, for its time. Davey reigning champ. I mean, like... If this came out in 2023, yeah. we'd be like, this should win Best Visual Effects. No question. But it's like, like it's no, crazy absolutely. because it's like, it's 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 the VFX on like the computer level, but it's also like, like you Makeup. know, like, like we said before, Bootstrap Bill, completely yeah. practical character. Oh, like, no, yeah. Like... Tons of this movie is also very practical and like no, yeah, they, like the, the henchmen all have like really cool designs, like like yeah. Star Wars esque, like very creative, you know, like no, hammerhead yeah. dude. It, I don't know, like there's, there's like, so much. It's like henchman number fourteen has like is like what's uniquely and beautifully made. Like he's all like there's so. I don't like, know if you no. guys noticed this about uh, about hammerhead. Like who is like basically his first mate? Uh, if I yeah. had to like guess, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he has one eye where your normal human eye is, but then yeah. his other eye in the course of like deforming into a shark has grown on the very edge, has like yep. shifted Ooh. to the very edge of the hammerhead yeah. thing. So he's got one eye like in the middle of his face and one uh, eye just asymmetrically all the way on the other side. Like crazy lazy eye. Yeah. Oh, right. and, and, and like in terms of like just like the designing of like David Jones's henchman, it's even more insane to think that there wasn't a script for that. And then like all of these guys were written as ghosts and like if Rubensky made the executive decisions to make them look this way yeah because then like all of the sudden their specific deformities come into play in the design of the scenes like towards the end of the movie when they're chasing the chest down there's the one guy whose head keeps coming off and that's yeah. like an important mechanic yeah. in that sequence yeah. that his head <laughs> yeah. can come off and that he can do that 
Yeah. Like, yeah. that gimmick is necessary, and they all have, like, gimmicks like that. It's awesome. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and just, again, just another amazing wrinkle. It's like, they didn't have to do that, but, like, they did. Like, no. they, they, they cut no corners. Like, two shots, like, I forgot to mention that I really, really, really loved leading into the scene. It's when, um, it's when Tia, like, drops some, like, objects or dice or something on the table, and it match cuts to the rocks and the water. That's what I'm talking about. Fuck That's yeah. what I'm talking Fuck about. Yeah. And then, and then again, like the super wide shot, it, it's you have Will rowing away to what he believes is like the Dutchman, you know, and it's just like, and Jack's just like cut the lamps or whatever. And you see Will rowing away and you see the lamps go out one by one in, in that one shot on, on the ship. So simple, but so, so good. Like, mm. okay. Also, you know the way that Davy Jones, like, I'm not sure exactly how it breaks out. I think he's like watching him right through the spyglass. Exactly what I was going to say next. And yes. then Davy Jones just like Slenderman oh, like what? teleports right in front of him. Find that a Freddy's Davy Davy Jones scare. Yeah. Don't yeah, like. Scary. Yeah, I don't know exactly how the mechanic works, but like I scariest like, character ever. I it's so startling. It's it's the scariest character. <laughs> it's so funny. But again, and suddenly they're all on the boat, right? And and it's an awesome, awesome way to do that. So then at that point, that, that's when he makes the deal with Jack. And he's like, when Jack is just like, yeah, like, he, like he's he thinks he's like trying to like, bar, not he's not trying to barter for Will. He's trying to be like, I think Will, he's worth more than what he's like trying. He's going full Pawn Stars on like on on Will with the blood. And he's like, best I can do is one soul. And so then he, so then he, he requests 99 more from Jack. And, and then we enter just the most evil sequence of the movie of when, yeah, you have Jack just with no remorse exchanging will's life and then and then it cuts to tortuga where they start like like again like military recruiters out of high school or just like they're trying to just like get all these people to join their cause but except in this case it's like they're literally just yeah they're trying to recruit 99 people to die like straightly there's no no if ands or buts like that is what they're there to do and just like they don't even think twice about it and then that's where we we re meet uh become reacquainted with with norrington and we catch up on him and see and his life has just totally fallen apart <laughs> right and he, jack sparrow just completely ruined his life right then, down the toilet <laughs> right right bro's not doing well right and and at the same time this was i, I forget exactly where this was happening but yeah but, but we have we have the elizabeth plot right where and we can actually kind of we can hop to elizabeth for a second because she's also at tortuga during the sequence so she uh confronted um confronted beckett in like pretty much forced to get like the papers from him right and and then herself uh we, also that's a great scene when she just holds holds him at gunpoint great just like great tension and and very well lit too extremely well lit yes. a great bit where the gun is silhouetted but you can see his eyes and her eyes and yeah. the map behind them very very good yeah to- totally great um great scene there and then she excuse me i got my my timeline mixed up a little bit that scene takes place after the one Seb was talking about earlier of when like of when her dad's like we're gonna get out of here and then like and then we see the shot of the guy like getting stabbed on the dock and just like that gets interfered with she gets away she goes she goes to visit beckett she sneaks her her way onto another ship and that's when all the guys like they, they're like fighting over the dress and someone's like i sensed a woman aboard it's just like crazy crazy vibes on that ship and she convinces them i totally forgot this part of the movie she convinces them that it's like haunted by like a ghost and she's doing like she's shooting herself elizabeth is doing like practical like, she's marionette like marionetting yeah no like she's just out there going oh oh yes. she she won best visual effects in, in her own university <laughs> <of Dale. laughs> and then she has to go down from the mast and like yes. do her boy voice it's like 
what's that over there? <laughs> and then they all turn around and see Tortuga like written out in the flames. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a queen in this movie, man. She, no, she has no, to do she's everything. Maybe. No, yeah. It's, 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 it's actually kind of fascinating how like compared to the first movie, like where she's kind of a little bit like she's not a passive character. She doesn't do nothing in the first movie, but mm-hmm. like she's so much more active here. Yeah, Deadman's chest gives her a lot more to do. Like she mm-hmm. she's a lot she's like acting on on her own initiative and like kind of like solving all the problems that are in front of her. Uh and it's not just acting on her own initiative, it's sort of dealing with the boundaries that were, were very firm in the first movie mm-hmm. where she is this sort of, you know, like idea the idea that like uh someone from like her like her upbringing her social class and her gender like couldn't f- possibly like fit into the sort of like pirate like sector of the world that she's more suited to something else and this movie is like very much like bringing that character up to like after after the events of the first movie her towing that line and eventually crossing it in the third one in a way that like directly parallels Anne of the indies um which I, mm. I promised to talk about because we've mentioned Turner before yeah. um, already tonight. And I think that now is the, the best time to get right into that, which is, of course, a movie, yeah. um, which is for those that don't know, I'll, I'll get you guys up to speed. Mateo and I are both uh, devotees of this movie. It's one of Jacques Turner's greatest films. <laughs> it's about um, a female pirate captain uh, and sort of her um, both coming into her own uh by coming out from under the thumb of sort of this like patriarchal pirate world that she has uh performed a more like male like a uh you know typically male role um that's that's been assigned to her um she also Mm -hmm. begins to sort of perform this female role um that she like believes she could also fit into and finds that like neither of them um suit her uh Mm -hmm. that these like gendered expectations are not something that should apply to her life and the world that she lives in and, the, and what she wants to be in like sorry, what she wants to what role she wants to play in the world that she's a part of and the, the people she knows and the way she relates to them like she doesn't want to be this like passive wife to this man that like he already has this like you know traditional marriage and but she also mm-hmm. doesn't want to be this like you know ruthless protege to blackbeard yeah. and the movie plays with that in terms of phallic imagery clothing um uh voices all of these things are uh and all of these aspects of gender performance are are the 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 lifeblood of end of the indies it's a it's a great great film mm. everything is a phallus just like dead man's chest where everything else is also a phallus <laughs> and like a like elizabeth swan has a very very similar arc in these movies um it's mm-hmm. borderline identical and i will say the way that dead men tell no tales follows up on that arc is like fucking criminal um, the fact that it's just yeah. like she's gonna go be a domestic mother now is like psychotic and i hate that and i that movie is god awful fuck that movie yeah um <laughs> mateo if you would like to weigh in on this i would love to hear your i thoughts. i mean no you're you're completely right and it's like uh you know we're, we're gonna get into it i think with with her escape but it's like the way that the, the way that like this movie like makes her like you know kind of like take no prisoners but it also like it doesn't like try to like bullshit you into thinking that like it because like I feel like a very easy thing and it is common in in like blockbusters now like you know and we've made I think we've made a lot of progress on this front like like movies are not afraid of having like kind of like 
kick-ass like women like like kind of like mm-hmm. action and like adventure protagonists yeah. but a lot of the time like and that's not always like a detriment but like films will kind of like try to like ignore the like femininity of of their characters yeah and like yes. just kind of like pretend masculine. those right yeah, like male character right yeah up. exactly like she's anybody else in this world and like gore verbinski's like actually this is like 1700s pyro world so we're like <laughs> we're not gonna make you forget that she is a woman and and she doesn't forget it either and no you know we'll we'll see it later like right. she knows how to how to like <laughs> use that like it it definitely plays with that in ways that are like i also think are like still sort of like a little backwards um absolutely plays a lot of archetypes and stereotypes that are uh backwards like straight up but it's also at the same time um it's very it's very willing to let her be flawed as well exactly Um, and and this and once again a very similar way to anna the indies um it's a movie that like with that the protagonist of that film is a deeply flawed person um, yeah. just like Elizabeth's one is, is allowed to have like these like personality defects. Like she's kind of like, yeah, she can be a very thorny person. I mean, it's very unproductive, but she's also like probably the most like, you know, in terms of like what she wants for the most part, the most clear headed, especially in the, in the third movie. Um, mm. I mean, like she's, she's like super driven, extremely strong. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk about it, but like, you know, like when she finally like meets, up with the crew and and you know it's interesting how as as will is leaving the scene now we get uh now we get elizabeth coming back so like they they can never really reunite until that last act mm-hmm. and i mean that's when we start to get uh we get norrington come back my favorite actually my favorite joke in the movie uh is when uh norrington shows up to like join the crew of the black pearl yeah mm-hmm. and he tells gibbs oh i'm i'm the same as you but i'm one step behind you right and then in the very next scene we get a reference to gibbs in the first movie yes. like just thrown in the mud with all the pigs and you have it's like, like poetry it oh, rhymes it, <laughs> it rhymes like it's it's literally just bringing back the joke from the first movie with uh but with norrington now like the movie like the movie does a lot of that, like with the mm-hmm. dog as well. Um, yeah, yeah. With, like of like going back to the first movie, but like putting a little twist on it. And uh, it's it, genuinely clever in the way it does that. It's not just like because there's a line that like uh, Governor Swan has in the movie, like, where's that dog with the keys? Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. It was like a cheap reference to the first movie. And then you see where the dog with the keys is and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's a good bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you're so right. Yeah. I think you guys absolutely killed it on just like uh, breaking down, yeah, just like Elizabeth, like in this movie, and just like the way they, just the way she's written and getting drawing those parallels. I I think that was really, really, really interesting. Um, and so yeah, and so she makes her way to Tortuga, where Jack and now Norrington are, and then that, and this is when Norrington, you know, starts uh, causing a ruckus, starting some beef inside. Great the bar. bar fight, an Great amazing, bar fight. amazing Incredible. bar fight, and captures that energy of like again of like a pirate island. It's just people. Just people bashing, like finding any excuse to like bash a glass bottle over someone else's head, like in the most like so Asian. much sugar glass, yeah. so much sugar glass in the scene. Like, yeah, those and you have Jack just trying on different hats while walking up the stairs, and everybody's fighting. Like it's it's just a hilarious 
and just like thrilling set piece. And Gore is so good at at managing like multiple moving pieces in a scene. Like you're following a bunch of different people, and you again like all the greats, like a Spielberg. It's like you always know where everybody is in like in a scene, like locationally, like, like you know, like, like. And we'll talk about this more in the third act. A lot of times. Yeah, especially in, in that final 30 minute long like you know action sequence like they're all they're always like i don't want to say MacGuffins, but they're uh, items of importance and you always know where that item is like you know who has the key in that scene or you know where mm-hmm. the gun that elizabeth needs to get is in the scene like it's always it's just like amidst again these sequences like are reveling in like the chaos and like the mayhem not difficult to follow like it, it's it's no. you're like he he guides you through it so well and you always know where all the important things are yeah and even just beyond like the spatial orientation of objects i think you yeah. had a great point in terms of the way this movie is focused around like objects of importance because you could have mm-hmm. a bunch of MacGuffins, mm-hmm. but like so many objects are loaded with character importance like mm-hmm. jack's hat that gets lost at the beginning comes back at the end yeah. it's sort of like a vital thing of like his confusion as a person um, his compass not working, his heart's desire not functioning, his penis not working, like that is that begins and resolves in this movie. And like the the hat is like a perfect symbol of that. Yeah. And you have so many objects that when you see something happen to an object, you know what's happening. You have Elizabeth Swan's wedding dress, which like she's wearing at the beginning. She takes off. She then uses without being in mm-hmm. it to sort of you know move forward in the world until you eventually see that shot of the dress oh like, yes i meant to bring it up I, I, oh, I destroyed. objects here are incredible like gore using these objects gets get so much mileage out of them in terms of you understanding what a scene actually means by just now we're gonna look at this object for five seconds okay you get it we're moving on like yeah yeah no I, absolutely i'm glad you brought up that shot with the dress in the water again like random striking image from this movie like of, of that dress just suspended there and also incredibly symbolically loaded too in terms of like yes like elizabeth's arc um in relation to her own gender is it's, it's incredible yeah I, I fully agree it, it loads these items and potential just like jj abrams mcguffins in a much more meaningful like an interesting way and you can always follow them interestingly and they're used in a cool way um so that that so you know uh norrington gets tossed into the mud that's the piece comes to a close uh jack then just like <laughs> again once bamboozles i mean tells more truth than he did with will but bamboozles um uh elizabeth into like what what happened with will what they're trying to accomplish gets her onto the ship and then and and it, like jack's trying to seduce her but then she completely like flips in on him and is able to again like use it against him and I, actually I, yeah, mateo do you want to talk about the scene because i feel like I don't, it, it's, it's a really great dynamic yeah. again uh like like David and and flutes, we have uh, we have the all time line. You do know Will taught me how to handle a sword, which Let's is fucking like, go. I mean, that's just a crazy thing to say in a movie, but like <laughs> the innuendos are crazy. Like because it's the movie also like plays around with the idea that like she is like kind of attracted to the idea of Jack a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. like calls her out on it. Yeah, yeah like. That's that's I mean that's such a great thing like the back and forth and like there's that like that one point he's like you know I'm a captain like and he's like basically like saying that they could get married like <laughs> right that's it's like ridiculous yes. I mean he's shooting a shot no, well, and it's, it's like, so explicit too she she starts the conversation by saying like she thought she'd be married by then and mm-hmm. then like he's he just taking full advantage of that comment by 
like taking the biggest swing of his life probably <laughs> and been like yeah well let's do it right now why not it, it, it's also like interesting like i wonder whose idea that was because like you have that you have a little bit of that in um in the first movie like the scene it's where more playful it's more yeah playful. like it's yeah. it's like it's like a little bit like just kind of thrown away it feels like a joke in that first yeah. movie and here it is like integral to like all of their arcs no and like it, it is it is the backbone of like every, every conversation they have no yeah it's not just like a, a fun flirty scene like it's uh, it's like these like these temptations and these urges and, like that's like again leans into those motivations and what happens in that third act so much yeah and like again i do think that, that this could actually explain a little bit of the reception that this movie got because like oh yes it feels like to to like audiences and critics like you see these characters in that first movie that like you kind of start to sympathize with and like you went on this journey with yeah and now it's like this like storybook like fairy tale love thing is like kind of you're watching it like fall apart they're all like perverts everyone is so horny yeah (laughs) like you're you're just watching that like just disintegrate in front of you and it's like yeah to like just kind of like He's it's not like, pleasing human instincts like and it's like yeah like i can understand like why some people were like upset by this or like yeah used but it's like yeah and like and of course movie. like that a lot of that stuff comes back yeah disney movie, movie exactly have so. some of the most like like uh, uh, some of the most romantic stuff in any blockbuster ever is in at world's end like um you know the the marriage which um, that, that clip gets posted on twitter all the time like the actual marriage scene um, mm-hmm. from that world's end, which is it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and like you really genuinely buy like that the the romance, like the the genuine emotion of that moment. But like mm. this movie is just like everyone's base instinct. Everybody wants to get money and get laid. Um, like whenever they're having that banter on the ship, it just cuts this crazy Freudian shot of Jack <laughs> with like a cannon right in front of his crotch. Like it's like a giant dick, and you're like, who is this for? <laughs> who did they make this movie for? <laughs> and again, and the answer is me. By the way, this movie is from this movie is for me. They do a lot of <laughs> jokes with the compass too. Like, yo, yo it's yo. like because like the, the self conscious about it not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mateo's dying right now. Also, like, oh, it's supposed to point so to good. what you want most, and then like Orlando Bloom is there. And they're on the beach, and Kira Knightley is getting so mad that it keeps pointing to Jack. <laughs> so many movies like this. It's like, oh, it's, it's like, yeah, the first movie is the one where you have like the bump, you know, you have the conflict when they first meet each other. But then, you know, by the end, they, you know, they work together and then like he breaks them out. So then going to this one, you're like, oh, I'm excited to see them team up again, which is not what this movie is. Like, nope, at, yeah. at all. Like, <laughs> That's not even what the third one is. The third one is like, they still hate each other. <laughs> which that, that's so amazing it's so interesting and so so yeah so that dynamic is established between elizabeth and jack and then meanwhile will is on the boat and is yeah like we said bonding with his dad bonding with stellan and a really like again like convincing in meaningful way right and then they have the dice scene i don't know if you guys have any two cents you would add about the dice scene but again we talked about it earlier it's just like you know, will is trying to trying to barter and like wager with with davy jones like wants the key to you know uh to the chest and all these things his dad joins the match to kind of like save him from any consequence and yet you don't have to know the dynamics of that dice also next, next time we meet up we're playing that dice game even if we don't know how it works we're playing we're, we're betting everything we have on it 
Um, Bet. Bet my soul. Five. I'm going to keep saying eight, I'm going to keep saying eight fives and hope I know what it means. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it's so intense. It's like yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the movie, even though like I'm not I'm not exactly sure what's happening. It's just it, like you're there, and, like you're you you're reading everyone's faces, like you know how much is on the line. And then the next scene, and this is one of the scenes I remember most, especially because it stressed me out so much as a kid. Is the one also. Davy Jones's chamber, his little office, his his or his studio where he's just hanging out. <laughs> uh, it's not in much of the movie, but it's so gorgeous, and I love just the, those wide behind shots of him sitting there, just like again making the Interstellar soundtrack on that organ. It's it's so amazing, and then and then yeah, you have the, the scene of Will like it's amazing because he's interacting with the cgi person as well and it's so seamless and, and it's so physical yes exactly. it is it's like gross like he has to like reach into yeah. his like neck body tentacle yeah. beard in order to grab this key it, it's such a great like tense tense scene and yes so then he gets the key out awesome little scene um nirvana reference yeah a little heart-shaped mm. music box heart-shaped <laughs> box whoa oh that's right I, I can't. I love love that little wrinkle. The, the, the way the camera just lingers on that. So yeah, so he says goodbye to his dad. Like promises to come back, come back for him, which is like freak man. It's like that please. dialogue is so like loquacious and like overly poetic. It's awesome. No, it's yeah. so overwrought. It's like the sometimes this movie thinks it's Shakespeare, and in that moment, it is. <laughs> like so, wishing he could say he like he left to become a pirate, like for like meaningful reason being he's like no he's like i did it because i wanted to you owe me nothing yeah. and it's 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 really really well done more well done than in like it, it has any right to and at that point all the parties then convert it's like it's just so amazing all the parties converge on oh, on, on this island where before hold on before we talk about that yes, there is a little I, wrinkle that i do want to there's one scene that i want to talk about like yeah absolutely quick, like incredible just going back to the kraken mm-hmm. when the ship when the tentacle comes down and smashes the ship in half, because yes. the first ship destruction. Oh, I forgot about that. Because yeah. the first we'll ship destruction, it another it, ship it's that just gets destroyed. It's just a wide. It's just a wide, and then mm, and the yeah. ship just kind of explodes. It's like it just touched a landmine and it dies. And yeah. this scene, it's a lot more like extended because now it's like, well, we gave you that. Now we're going to give you the kraken for real, and it goes like from it. Like you have a shot of the tentacle. And it's about to split the ship in half. And it's the, the camera's pointing up at the tentacle. And then it Incredible. just and then it just cuts back. Yes. Uh to the and then it just cuts back. The ship gets split in half and like both halves are sinking inwards. And then you get Davy Jones's organ theme play. Yes. Oh. So cool. That's one of those parts. Um, you know, I I I watched this movie a million times as a kid, and my mom watched it with me as a consequence yeah. and she watched it again with me today um you know because i'm home for thanksgiving mm-hmm. and um at that moment when like that organ theme comes in the ship gets split in half and the guy is like falling right towards like the kraken's open mouth i was like this is awesome she's like you said that when you were like five and i'm like <laughs> it's still yeah. true it's still true it'll never not be true the it's, more things it's change so the more incredible and it's and and the way that scene is shot too is just absolutely incredible in terms of like selling the kraken, selling its scale. Um, yes, because in, in a lot of movies, um, especially now. So what I'll do here is I'll I'll pick a movie that I like to take shots at because so there's no and I you know I harbor no ill will, which is Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, there's the opening shot with the uh, monster that eats batteries um, yeah. in that movie, 
And a lot of that is shot in these sort of like roving, like wide shots that are almost like simulating drones. Yeah. Um, and it sort of gives you a very good idea of like what's actually physically happening in that scene, but it robs it of a lot of dynamism. And here in this scene, you kind of like follow it from Will's perspective for the most part. And mm-hmm. so the camera's in the center of the boat looking up, just trying to catch glimpses. Right, like the crew is confused. Like it's, they have no idea what's happening. No one knows what's going on, and you always have stuff like in the shot to give you scale. So you're always looking at like through the mast or next to a sail, and you see this giant tentacle like coming up over the bow of the ship, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's bigger than my car!" Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, no, exactly. And then, and then Will falls in the water, and for a second you see like the full the full kind of body like of the cracking you know it's like you nasty see, too it's oh my god like it's it's horrifying yeah it, that scene really does sell you on like like yeah this thing like there's no running from this thing right and so after that point all, all the characters all the forces that have been so scattered throughout this movie converge on this island for the dead man's chest and so we have jack will norrington and elizabeth are all on this island and yeah you have like the compass keeps pointing at Jack, and that's like frustrating. Frustrating Elizabeth. They dig up the chest, right? They find the heart, which and, it, and it's amazing when they all lean in into the into the chest, and then you hear the again, amazing, amazing and sound like, in this film. There's like earlier like parts where where they're like, well, it can't like literally be his heart, right? <laughs> and then they open it, and it's just his beating heart, like right there, <laughs> straight of the heart. And and so at this point, this is when again, if I'm skipping anything, let me know. Uh. All three of them. Uh, all four of yeah, them. Well, Will shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Will yeah. just shows up. He Will just rolls up. Will, no Will, explanation. Will. Awesome. Will, Will rolls up. In the no. He, well, he stows away in the yeah. mouth of the flying Dutchman. Yeah. You see, oh, yeah, yeah. he, 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 he also ride. He also like calls back to Jack, where he's just like, "Oh yeah, like I strung together a bunch of sea turtles to to get yeah. here." Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, Will. Not that. <laughs> um, and, and the thing is that everybody on the on, on the island wants the heart for different reasons, right? And so, yeah, like Jack wants it to save his own skin. Will wants it to, yeah, like because he free hates David Jones and, and free his dad. Uh, Norrington mm-hmm. wants it to then like give back to like Beckett and get his life back. And and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. I mean, why? Is she, I mean, it's, I guess uh, she well, she kind of wants based off of just what Jack told her. She's just like, we need she this. Thought she thought like, it was going to save Will, but then Will's yeah. there, and then yeah. she finds out it was a lie. Mm-hmm. So she's on Will's yeah. side. Right. And so then all three of them, all three of whom like have significant interest in Elizabeth, then break out into a three-way sword fight. Right. Over the Let's dead man's all chest. get our swords out and start banging away at each uh, yeah. other, which is one of the great lines uh, <laughs> in cinema history. Um, they're uh, not like, it's funny because they're not like, it's like, oh yeah, they're fighting for the chest, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> Like the it it's like barely it's like like calling it subtext is like really like lying about how like not subtle it is, but like they're just fighting over Elizabeth, like yeah, in the most like, direct I mean, way possible. Yeah, like the, it it wasn't obvious. It's like Elizabeth's doing like the boys, boys, stop fighting, screaming, <laughs> yeah. and and, you know? and she's doing that stuff, and like one that plays into the like the sort of like gender performance stuff of her character, which is great. Yeah, but two, it's also like in some ways they they're also not fighting over Elizabeth. In some ways, they're fighting over their own fragile masculinity, and also their shared sexual tension with each other, which is awesome. Oh. Because like, what is gayer than chasing a man into a hurricane? <laughs> uh, I, I love that like the fight like starts off as like you know fairly dramatic like oh yeah like these three main characters are gonna be like fighting each other and we we 
you know, Chance mentioned it earlier, but you, the two, like the C-3PO and R2-D2, like strolling up and being like, so what's going on in here? And I'll, I'll just Rose say and it now. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern killing it. Yeah, I'll just say it now. This is my, this is why we play. Is like, like you have this. Oh, yes, it this, is. This small moment of like, these guys like, just in case like we've, forgotten why like the the character motivations here let's break it down for you like, <laughs> why why they're fighting on top of a wheel this is this is what's, yeah let's, let's catch the audience up <laughs> it's so no. funny dude and it's just like and it's not done in a way that makes me like roll my eyes or anything it's i don't know it's directed no, so yeah. well it's it's not some like winking at the camera like meta it, thing it's, it's just it's, it's yeah. not there to downplay what's happening it's no. it's very much there to like enjoy what you're watching because yeah it yeah. catch you up on the character motivations and then like their conclusion after like surveying all of their like sort of all the surveying the situation is like let's make this worse Let's consciously yeah. push the plot forward by making this situation worse. <laughs> they they exactly. decide to make the movie cooler. It's it's awesome. It's like, yeah, because we must so remind them of their temptations. You add another wrinkle. Elizabeth is now chasing these guys, and you know she ends up taking their swords and yada yada yada. Like the chaos ensues. You get yes. all these different. Oh yeah. You know. I also want to like stop really quick for like one of my favorite shots in the movie, which I, is I know, Elizabeth yes, pretends to is. faint, and you get this like crazy dutch angle like beyond dutch angle it's, it's like a like full 90 degree like, rotation yeah full 90 degree like portrait mode like <laughs> iphone shot of like the sand and like yes. the bottom two-thirds like the, i guess like the, the right two-thirds of the frame yeah and then norrington uh will and jack all sword fighting like silhouetted in like this like against like this blue sky yes and, like on yes. the left side of the frame and god what a shot yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm so real when that shot came on i was like that's a chance shot i was like chance definitely likes that. <laughs> hell yes it is for sure and again like like it's just a big wide beach but he shoots it so well and like and, and beautifully it's, it's like, the leone effect it's the leone effect it, yeah. that, that, the, the blood of sergio leone leone is coursing through gore Verbinski's veins yeah mm. <laughs> no that's what about <laughs> turn me up uh, ringo god Podwin. damn right Rango is a masterpiece. Cologne Ranger, mm. also a heater. No one needs to know that. I know we've said it before. I'll say it again. Great last, movie. Last postscript ever. It will be the Lone Ranger. Last postscript ever. It's it's it's, it's in uh, this three way fight scene, which again, just like just saying out loud, that's so freaking cool. And they're fighting in over, this three way, and then they're co- <laughs> and they're constantly exchanging ownership and possession of this key of the key to the chest. And again, like it's so like. It's so easy to make a scene like that so incomprehensible or just like a flurry of edits and be like, oh, is it? But like, it's no. beautifully choreographed. We'll show it in like, in like John Wick way when it'll be like just a line. You see all the characters fighting in, but like, and they, they won't even like, you see, you see everyone in this in one frame and they won't have to cut around it that mm-hmm. much. And you always know who has the key and where it's going. And like, and eventually they, they work their way to like, to like this like tower, right? This kind of like clock tower. Bell so it's tower. a mill. It's, it, a it, it, it's a mill yes 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 um <laughs> as a kid they're fighting through the floors they get to this mill right and then it, it's when like it's, it's in this fluid like norrington kind of disarms sparrow and like sparrows then like going down the shaft as will's going up as will's going up like then he gets the exchange of the key and it's just like this beautiful like like each cut is like butter and you're following them each of them like and you know i won't take us through every beat of this of this action scene but then you get up to the top and then um like you know norrington disarms jack jack just kind of like rolls off and like like, like a gym just like lands a 10 on the ground and then 
Jack pretty much calls Nori down. It's like, yeah, like if he had the chance, like he would take Elizabeth from you. And then Nori and Will start fighting each other. Just like, yeah. It's, it's just like skidding. And that's when you realize, like, again, that's like, it's like, it's not the subtext anymore. And then, like, I, I'm like, I almost afraid to afraid to say these two words out of the reverence I have for it. But then the big wheel starts moving. The big wheel, <laughs> big wheel starts moving. And this is just, why we play. You, and then you have two characters with swords fighting each other on a giant moving wheel from a mill through a forest and they're and they're walking keeping balance on top of it that's why i'm maxing my fury road right now that's, that's what it's all about that's what it's and all not about. to mention there is another man in the middle of that wheel basically playing hamster Run, trying to get a key Run, <laughs> jack, oh my god the shot the of the bar whenever jack gets hit in the head and you see that bar coming up towards the camera and it's just oh <laughs> So good. It's it, so it, visceral. The hits are all so visceral. That's the that's the Tom and Jerry aspect you're talking no. about. Yeah. It is. Oh no, seriously. And like, and you would think like, I, I don't know how they filmed this. I I don't. I, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they <laughs> had an actual sword fight on top of this wheel going through the forest. Like, not for a second. It's insane. It, it, are this the seams are not showing on the scene like no. at all? And it's just like. It's as cool if you if you somehow haven't seen this movie, like just pull it up that scene up right now. Like I'm, I, I will we, I will not do it justice trying to trying to describe it any further. But it's a sword Big wheel is the coolest of, thing I've ever seen on top life. of a moving wheel, and like that's just why we make movies, and that's it, an easy picture. This is why we play. <laughs> and again, like guys, like the final like 35, 40 minutes of this movie is just this entire action set piece, right? You know, so it started with just like the 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 swords on the beach, and then eventually, let's um, throw it, another it, wrinkle in. Eventually, a little, uh, a little spice, <laughs> right? And then eventually, it moves onto the ship, right? But so, so was, the sword fight ends with eventually they they you have the whole crew of of the flying Dutchman yeah. come on to the they island, come onto the beach, and right? they're yeah. chasing Pento, Rigetti, and Elizabeth because they have yeah, the chest, because they have the chest, and they're all running around. And again, great little bit where I think at this point the chest has already been emptied, right? The heart is Jack the at one point, uh, I yeah, believe. yeah, because he, he oh, he oh already, Jack, Jack exits the wheel he exits mm-hmm. what's going on at the wheel and then he puts the heart in the jar of dirt that yeah uh tia gave him yeah which is what it sends like they start fight but it's great because like that little I-, I love that scene where with swan and them who again literally two seconds ago were fighting each other and now are forced to team up again like characters constantly allegiances are shifting yes. and now they're doing this yes. like yes. weird little co-op mode thing where like <laughs> One of them has to carry the chest around, but yeah. the other one has to carry the swords to fight off the guys that they're chasing. And so they're right. like constantly throwing the chest and the swords back at one another. I mean, you yeah. love to see that. It, I mean, the best so meticulous. The best part is when they like they they, they stop uh, what they're doing and they're like looking at each other and they like look to the side and in the background you see the the wheel just like like going around. And oh my gosh! Look at that. It's it's so, so big. And, and that's the thing. It's like, it may sound so like maybe messy and hard to follow us describing it. It's like so masterfully just like laid out for you in the movie and so planned and so just like, it's just like perfectly executed, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's just masterful direction. You just know that the critics it's the are like, wrote of it all. Like it, it, movie are just like, they just went home and like had a bland spaghetti dinner. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> no, they just have nothing going on in their lives. Yeah. There, there was no winning for this movie. Fun police. Yeah. <laughs> they, they went they went home and watched Andy Warhol's Empire. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, like up, 17 hours or whatever. Yeah. 
but no, it, it, it's it's like it's it's the Fury Road effect. It's like you can tell Verbinski was storyboarding this before there was a script. Yes, like all of this absolutely. stuff is meant to be followed visually. Like you see everything you need to know. Uh, perfectly said. Yeah, one, one million percent. And eventually, they they make their way back to kind of like the boats on the shores, right? You have the heart in the jar of dirt. And like, I, I wanted to mention this earlier, but when Tia hands Jack the jar of dirt earlier in the movie, that's when I in, is like beautifully clicked into place with the tone of this film. Cause she's just like, you will need this. Like it will be important. He just goes, what? Like, it's, like, it's, just like a jar of dirt. it's hilarious. And like, and she's like, I'll take it back. He's like, well, no, now I want it. And they never overdo it. It's so like, a, like a three-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah. And so he has in there and then Norrington, yeah, like Norrington's trying to get away, and he, as is revealed later, so convoluted trying to describe it. He eventually he kind of takes the, oh, the heart out of the jar, which you don't know in the moment. He stuffs it, it like in his jacket. He moves away, seemingly makes a sacrifice, but he's like, I'll take the chest back and like leads all the you know the, the flying Dutchman crew away. At that yeah. point, all of our characters are back on the uh, back on the black pearl. Everyone's back on the flying Dutchman. Again, uh, let me know if I'm if I'm missing anything. Oh, but, I just want to shout out one shot uh right when on the beach when they're at the boats. Uh, Jack uses a paddle to hit one of like the henchmen. It's like a wide shot of like that interaction. And once the swing happens, the camera uses the momentum to like whip pan over to like the other side of the beach to show yes. like another oh, yes. giant army awesome. of people chasing someone. And I'm like, what? That's, I like, remember that. And these are like such inspired choices to like use the camera. You know, it's mm-hmm. absolutely, and it just shows the scale. It shows everything. I don't know. I just, it's this is so or, well or when the camera's like, like latched onto the wheel and moving with it, like moving oh parallel with it. Oh my freaking... god! Like what? Are you kidding me? Are you oh. kidding me? Let Gore cook. Let, let him please, cook. please let Gore cook. Let him out of jail. It's been seven <laughs> years. I know. If we, if we seven years. <laughs> It's like seriously, it's like that's the kind of guy. Like this is a whole other conversation. We won't go down this rabbit hole. It's like that's the kind of guy. It's like if you're Marvel and you, and you desperately need sauce and and like someone who can film an action scene instead of some like indie filmmaker you're poaching that's only made like a two million dollar budget. Like you just get like in like like the way they got Sam Raimi from Multiverse of Madness. Like you just hire Gore and have him make just like some awesome set cook. pieces for you and just and just you just let cook. him cook. You just let him cook. You give him the story. And you just let him cook. He's been attached to so many movies in the last few years and like. <laughs> All of them have like met some horrible fate. Like he was gonna make Gambit. Like you say, like get you have him on a Marvel movie. Yeah, he's gonna make Gambit. That's Gambit right. went belly up. He was gonna make another animated movie called Caddy Wampus the Roger Deakins. That went belly up. Ooh, and then he was whoa, literally yeah. set to start shooting a movie with Sam Rockwell this year that got halted <gasps> by the um actor strike. So um oh, Gore is just nice. floating he's around. Cursed. Out of work. Out of Yeah, let, let him out of movie jail. No, truly. <laughs> And so then at this point, it's he, like that's he's all... got a black spot on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> no, <literally. laughs> Jerry Brockham has some black spot on. Um, at, at this point, so they're back on the ship, and it, it like it's already like an amazing action set piece. Like, I am satisfied. I'm like, that that was amazing. They go back mm-hmm. onto the ship, and then we get it just goes full like master and commander, pretty much, right? Like <laughs> at this point. By, which by the way, the art direction team from Master and Commander worked on this film. Oh, so there are 50 people making good movies out there. That's like that's, <laughs> there are 50 people. They're all the best. Yeah. Master and Commander, if you haven't seen it, one of the great films. One of the greatest films for ever. real though. Like yeah, like double feature with this. Like if you haven't seen Master and Commander, do yourself a favor. Like that is like 
one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a masterpiece. I cannot. I, I, I think Master and Commander is better than this. I will yeah. ride for Dead Man's Chest <laughs> all day. Master and Commander makes me cry. <laughs> no, yeah. Master and Commander is uh, five burger city. Yeah. Um, and so, they, and so they, so then at this point, it's the Black Pearl versus the Kraken, which it's like, if, if, if your heart, like, if your heart isn't just bumping at this point, like, check, check your pulse, man. Like, you, what, where, what, where were these critics watching? You get, you get a pla- you get a classic, uh, you get a classic pirates joke here where it's like, oh. we have to use the rum and the gunpowder, not just <laughs> the gunpowder. Like, like, they're all gonna die, and it's like, the rum? <laughs> I mean, he, Gibbs pauses for, like, 15 seconds. He goes, and use the rum, too. Like, what is it, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> and the rum. Like, it's just, it's so the stakes are so high, and this is still the hardest decision he's ever had to make in his life. <laughs> So at this point, Will's kind of running the ship quite literally at this point. And then the cra- and then you have so they, they're they're you know the black pearl it, it, it can hustle, right? I mean it's huffing it and it's it's and it's getting away from the kraken or getting yeah, getting away from the flying Dutchman. It's getting getting away from the flying Dutchman, getting away from that ship. And then we get the set piece of just the kraken attacks the black pearl, which is I've said this. Awesome. Like, I've said this. Other scenes. It's yeah, it's just awesome. It's freaking raw. Like it's just there's like it's, all, it's also all like, the cool juvenile words you want to use to describe it apply in the best way possible. I love my juvenile words. Uh, yeah. and this movie earns every single one of them. <laughs> it's like, but it's like powerlessness too, right? It's like, yes, like the the black pearls, like the canonically like the fastest ship, and it's mm. still not enough. Like, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it's like you have this like good crew and this like commander who's like competent and he's like like kind of like doing their best and it's like the best they can do is like kind of hurt one of its tentacles and it's still going i also like how like not naive the crew is they're like mm-hmm. they, they injure it several times and they're like yeah that thing's coming back <laughs> it's way no. too big to give up after that they no, know yeah. how fuck they are yeah and again it's not just like you're not watching some like like Dwayne Johnson movie where it's just like oh like like destruction chaos you're guided through it so perfectly precisely with the way the tentacles are slowly creeping up the ship and you're waiting for Will's command to fire and like you said like the tentacles is coming up the side of the ship and you see the shadows mm-hmm. coming over the sailors faces as as it's blocking oh. all the light holes and all that it's it's so it's so perfect and and again, like, and you know where everyone is. You know that like there's a plan. It's like they're gonna put barrels in this thing. Elizabeth has to be at the right time to shoot it. Like you're following all of it, and it's just like there are no seams. Like everyone guesses up Davy Jones, but for the cracking again, like for every tentacle, for all the destruction on the ship to look this good, and not for a moment am I like, am I like taken out of it? It's an unbelievable feat of filmmaking, and just no. Everything about that scene is so tactile. Yes. I mean, we've already talked about the actual, um, you know, like suction cups, like coming up the, uh, like when, when they're coming up, they're like scraping against the cannon barrels and everything. Mm-hmm. Like all of the hits on those tentacles are so visceral and real. Like you see the blood, you see the guts coming out, you see like these sort of like charred remains like flying onto the deck. And it's, yeah. you can see exactly how much damage they're doing. And you still. You still know, like that it's never going to be enough. Like you, yeah. You, like you, ne- like up to this point, you've never seen anyone land that kind of hit on a kraken, and you watch it happen, and it's satisfying. But like, 
Fuck. Yeah. It's still it's still <laughs> over. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's still Joe over. It is. And we're following Jack and seeing, and he has the funny, like, as as all my friends in middle school remember, like saying it was it was when he's taunting Davy with a jar of dirt, which was definitely improvised. Like had I think it was definitely it improvised. Was, it was it was improvised, yeah. As was the fall down the stairs in that. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. Like, that's again, and like, we're saying how awesome and inspiring these scenes are, but like, you're laughing the entire time while watching too, but you're still taking it seriously. It's um, the, the, the tonal balance that Gore is striking is, is, is truly spectacular. Mm, and, and so then Jack, you know, he out of cowardice begins to, because the fear of death begins to roll away. And Elizabeth is like disappointed in, in that decision on his part. And then he, he gets fixed in his compass. His compass begins to point again, and he clearly points back at the ship. Right, he has his direction again, and he goes back. And it's such a like for a movie as like as as much despicable behavior. That is such a like perfect hero shot of when like Elizabeth reaches for the gun, and you see the foot stomp on it, and it's just like the low enormous lens flare, and it's just like it just hero shot of him picking up the gun and then shooting the bullet. It's like that. Like I mean, that's like. I mean, you're pouting your sea arms at that point. Like, let's just freaking go. Like, and then, I mean, I think we could talk about it, right? Like, how that scene ends. Like, right. So they blow it up, and they're like, "The Kraken's coming back. We have to get off the ship." And then, also, and then he Jack says a line that's like, "You'll see an entire movie try to convey this message," but then Jack going like, "It's only a ship." Like him saying that is just for some reason so just like. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a very, like, efficient, like, well, it's, it's a, it's a common the whole movie, last movie, yeah. trying to get it. No, yeah. The, I, I don't know why that line looks like. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's the ship that he literally sold his life for yeah. because he made that deal with Davy Jones to get it. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, on that ship. Yeah, everything. Like, it's not like a brand new theme or anything, but it's just like, I'm like, wow, that, like, I don't know. For some reason, that was like a very like powerful line. It's not even the point of this movie. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you're so right. It's not the point. But I'm like, well, they landed that plane too. So the game of the <laughs> ship, and then you have yeah, the um amazing. We touched on it before. Um, amazing kind of final, final confrontation, final interaction between between Elizabeth the betrayal, and Jack right? and, and the betrayal. I completely forgot about this. Like on like I I did mm-hmm. not know that was where. It, it was heading was like yeah her, her trying to trick him i i genuinely thought like she was just letting all these feelings out like almost like an ecstasy like after of you know surviving this crazy thing right but right, like right in, and obviously that's how she plays it off right and to- totally uses his 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 desires against him and again like in a way that's so fascinating yeah. and, you, and you never see in these movies right and then and yeah and she's like the Kraken's coming after you, not us. And she handcuffs him, like handcuffs him to the ship, right? To lock handcuffs him, him to the mast, to the giant, to the giant phallus coming out no, of the ship. Hell yeah. That's What's so great. mean about that is that she challenged him to be a hero earlier in the film. Yeah. She was like, you would, you would do it at all. Like you challenged me because I'd be curious. You, you might be a hero because you'd be curious. And then he does do a heroic thing only for her to punish him for it. And, like, and again, you're keeping just in that two shot, and it's just their their faces are taking up the entire frame, and that's maybe maybe what it's maybe my favorite moment in the entire movie when she's just like exp- trying to explain and justify her actions, and he just goes pirate or something like that. To her. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah. Come on, because like, really he knows like, he knows. But at the end of the day, that's I mean that's kind of what the message of this movie is is like, you know, like we we have all these like kind of like 
romances about like what the life of the pirate is and it's like represents like independence and like mm-hmm. you know like oh i don't play by the rules but also like really what pirates do is they wield weaponry and they rob ships and like take and they look up that, for themselves yeah, yeah and, and they like stab you in the back yeah yeah that's that's what it's about at the end of the day like and so like you kind of take that and it's it's like it's decidedly an unromantic thing because she's like betraying him and she's also like betraying will right like yeah because yeah. will sees it and will sees it like that decision is oh, is yeah. crazy because he doesn't tell her when they're rowing away and she right. doesn't tell him yeah. and it's like but you know it's like relationship permanently scarred i don't know what happens in that world's end but it's like oh me neither. you could end the movie you could end this saga right there and it's like that's like the empire strikes back bad ending right no like, exactly and i know that's a great like famous like a great no script uh production moment is that they didn't they didn't tell orlando bloom that like that she was going to kiss jack they didn't tell him like that was not no. the script they didn't tell him that so that's why and so his reaction was like genuine that's orlando bloom going like oh like that's like him, like that's like a oh. genuine reaction. Like he like I didn't, didn't know that. that was happening. So it's so like I was, yeah. I was gonna say it looked like real to me, only because yeah. it didn't feel like a forced like a <gasps> yeah. No, it was just like, like a like he's like he's like what <laughs> like, am I what looking, am I looking at, at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, and exactly, and like it's it's a crazy like lie that that the ending of the movie is based on that like everyone thinks that jack did this like honorable thing yeah by like sacrificing yeah. himself and she's guilt ridden yeah like that's brutal that's what a way to it's, also that it's a crazy everyone ending. on the boat knows something is wrong about what she's saying like there's like <laughs> no one like believes what she says yeah so yeah yeah i love it and, and, and you have again uh, just like a myth making shot that you were actually like we have the privilege of watching of it's like yeah jack sparrow took out his sword and like and dove into the belly of the kraken head on it's like that's just like he's finally like faces his destiny like yeah that's his hero moment more even than than turning back it's like oh yeah he doesn't he he's like all right well i'm gonna go down swinging i'm not gonna be afraid anymore like i mean that's just the compass working again right like that's like yeah his uh living up to the legend again like this movie isn't just like I mean, the set pieces are that cool. It is so much more than that, which is why, like, it really is that special. Like, that yeah. we're actually like being able. To, there's stuff to read into, you know. And it's not just yeah. cool pirate movie, which would have been enough without without cool it is, right? And so, might be, might be the best best pirate movie. And looking like, I don't know what else yeah. we contend. Yeah, yeah. End of the Indies. <laughs> that, oh, well. that's true. That's true. Whenever, whenever that's whenever the wager comes out, whenever score says he make, in five years when we finally get that. That's gonna go bonkers. I was thinking about that a lot while watching this movie. I'm hyped for <laughs> says he filming on ships. Um, That's true. And so then we 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 go back to go go back to T- Tia's like Airbnb on the lake. Um, <laughs> and, and again, beautiful, beautiful Airbnb lights. in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> Classic historic <laughs> cabin in Savannah, Georgia. It's in all caps for some reason. Um, it's like a ninety dollar cleaning fee. Um, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, <laughs> what <laughs> and they're the <laughs> our brains are so fried 
2 a.m. right now. This is the best. It's 2 a.m. What the fuck is up, Denny's? It's 2 a.m. So, so they're boating up and they're all of their fireflies out of their beautiful lights. And when they're... <laughs> yeah, because it's like the funeral service for, for yeah, Jack. For Jack. It's oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and they're boating up. They're do, doing these, like, they're remembering Jack, all these things. And this then... is kind of, this is where the movie is a little bit like, okay, we're ticking boxes for the sequel right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, Which, that's when she okay. says, when she goes, would you go to, looks in the camera at World's <laughs> at End. World's end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would, Naomi Harris. Um, And then still like, core memory one of the most baller endings ever like it's my it's, boy it's, it's, it's my like homie. it's like that the marvel feeling done right of when you just mm. just the the, the haunt oh, the music the music oh. is ticking up the <laughs> <laughs> oh let's my go. god oh my god let's go <laughs> back flipping in my living room as as the footsteps of barbosa make his way down his monkey joins him on his shoulder he takes that he takes the bite goes, of the legendary apple. The, the, the legend, there's the juiciest apple you've ever seen. If you're talking about best uh, movie food, that apple's up there. And he goes, what's become of my ship? And the music's swelling. Even the characters are like, wait, you can do that? And then it just goes to credits. And it's in like, I could run through the wall. I could run through the wall. And Hans is cooking the entire time. Hans is cooking. And then the Tiesto remix comes in. You're was amped, not... you're confused, you're so ready. <laughs> I yeah, we have to spend a bit on this guy. I guess yes, yeah, so like the movie ended. I was like, I'm I'm vibing right now, and I immediately turned the Blu-ray player off and I and I fired fired up the zoom. Chance I don't know <laughs> if you guys waited this long in the credits. I guess like a couple minutes in, it shoots from the Han Zimmer music to like what is the chance? Like we had a chance a to Tiesto remix of um he's a pirate. Yeah. Seven minutes long, and it goes fucking nuts it's unbelievable it's you like michael man's pirate theme yeah 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 i know wow you missed that means you missed uh the post-credit scene chris there's like a there another day. it's the dog so after after no the way. so after the <gasps> <gasps> so it's a post-credit scene on the cannibal island where they the tribe has now made the dog their new chief no way oh. yeah it's crazy the good ending what the the, the ending is crazy, and it's like, but the vibe I I, I kept getting like, well, Tia Dom is doing her whole thing. Like, would you journey to the ends of the yeah, earth? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, this is just what happens when your buddy gets blackout drunk. Like, <laughs> it's like this is like, I'm like I've been in this situation before. It's like, what you- I, I've I've seen I've seen I've seen I've seen World's End. I, I've I've got Jack is at a Krispy Kreme somewhere. We got to go. Find <laughs> yeah. Jack is at a Krispy Kreme in Midtown. <laughs> And like he's not answering his phone. <laughs> We're gonna go find him now. <laughs> he he left his is, location on, thankfully. What is real, so, what is World's End in Gainesville? What, what is that? What is World's End in Gainesville, Florida? Yeah. Wait, um, where's Jack Sparrow? Uh, in what's that liquor store behind the McDonald's on uh, University? Gator Beverage. Gator, Gator Bev. It's Gator Bev. <laughs> Gator beverage is like Tortuga. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, all roads lead to the backyard eventually. But, but the yeah. backyard is not World's End. The is that, is that Port like, Royal? That's Port Royal. That's Port Royal. But backyard is for every, sure Port everything Royal. Everything ends there. All nights end there. That's 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 what I'm saying. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm ready to go to I'm going ready to go ready to World's End. Maybe maybe we, we just scrap our plans for next week and we just do at World's End immediately because I need <laughs> I need to watch it, bro. 
Bro, that you movie was hard. Our world's end is this next month. That is true. That we're about to endure. That, that is very true. We will we will set that up in a moment. Just real quick again, just it just tying bows in these conversations. If Tim Robinson from I think you should leave with Tim Robinson mm. played any character in this film. It's it's the it's be. the it's the Dutchman uh, crewmate whose head keeps whose head flies off. up. Thank you. I, oh my! God. I, I'm, I'm going to send you my notes right now. That's exactly what I wrote down. Thank you, Mateo. <laughs> I feel like it's I need to. Get, I feel like I need to. Off, I need to offer a different. Yeah, answer give, give, what's plan B? I, I what's think, plan B? Because that one is good, but I think we could, we could get more Tim. Okay. We, okay. And okay. it's a matter of getting like the most Tim for your buck. Ah, um, sure. It's really like what what I what have... can give him mileage, and the answer is like. A hundred and ten percent color Beckett. Whoa, whoa! Him as Beckett, the code like, being taken off of Tim. Currency Robinson. is the new currency. The <laughs> I'm listening intently. The, the, those are great picks. Are there any real? Are there any uh, um, uh, Beckett quotes? Any Tim Tom Hollander quotes? You guys want to fire off real quick? Are there any left in the in the, in the chamber? I mean, currency is the currency off. of the empire. Is like. That's number it's one. Just, it's it's unmatched. Like, and it's it's like the perfect like encapsulation of that character and like one of the major themes of the movie. I mean, like Elliot and Rossio cooked. <laughs> yeah. They cooked, no, and one. he gets more heaters in the next movie too. Like Tom yeah, Hollander, so much room to move next time. I mean, listen, if y'all are one to at World's End, I feel like I feel like you need you need someone else's perspective on this franchise. <laughs> but if you said if you called me up and was like. Do you want to talk about At World's End? Do you want to talk about Chow Yun Fat and Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> Hell yes, I do. No, yeah, chance, chance. You're you're on that World's End episode. So do do not do not. Rest assured. And and then just I know we've already talked about it, but are this is why we play moments for the episode. If we would want to like just quickly either recap or just definitively say yours. I mean, it's got to be for me um, the bone swinging sequence. But again, oh. specifically specifically Hans Zimmer's score. It's just mm-hmm. like, yes, and Absolutely. like the way that they just turn that into like a slapstick moment, and also like the the subtext of like these characters like do like competing against each other, like the yeah. like selfishness of it, like that is like the moment where I realized like I'm watching a movie that's not just like it it, it it's a cut above the first one because of those like because like it, it, it just. Layers. Yeah, like that self-aware humor, it just like takes it to another level. Which is not to say the first one isn't funny, but like this is something yeah. different. What about you, Seb? Oh no, yeah, it's it's still the two guys recapping right. all the character journeys <laughs> while the, the battle is going on. No, I mean, yeah, no, that's that, that's mint right there. I love it. <laughs> Chance. I mean. It, it's still the big wheel. It will always <laughs> be the big wheel. Um, I live and die by the big wheel. Keeps on turning. Um, mm. I, I worship. I listen. The big wheel keeps on turning. Um, <laughs> but like, I I will give a shout out because the big wheel. I you know exactly why I would say the big wheel. Yeah. Everything we could say about the big wheel has been said. I want to give a shout out to the Sternberg Torture Island at the beginning of the movie. Because yeah. What the fuck? Like yeah. why? <laughs> That's insane. A true just like, could be the, can. The, the, the energy of like, let's have a fucking torture island and let's have Jack Sparrow eviscerate an animal. <laughs> awesome. De- definitely, definitely no. little kids were taken out of the theater in the first five oh, minutes. 
one my 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 mother said she tried to cover my eyes for that scene but like eventually uh, was unable to because i was like no let me see this shit um uh changed me permanently now i'm like this. love that so <laughs> well, if we do want to if we do if we one day when we get our when we get the uh, postscript pod patreon you can get the Pirates of the Caribbean Lego set of the big wheel for $219. Oh, oh, oh. oh I'm getting that for Christmas. Uh, I can I tell you something? Oh. I had that back in the day. Let's go. I'm building like it, it's I'm building my house around that thing. Like that's the foundation <laughs> of, of, of my of my forever house. Um, I had a big wheel play set. Before it was like a Lego set, it was just like a plastic shitty mill and a wheel that you would like press a button and it would come off. <laughs> um, Let's go. Let me go way back. Go, go, go way back. Um, I think that's why we play again. There are like countless moments from, from like just like the third act alone I could choose. Um, oh, yeah. I, I may just go with uh, again, even like a tiny moment, like we said, of like the tentacle coming up the side of the ship and just like in that tiny moment of like, again, like their faces being shadowed now and you hear the suction cups. That's great. I, I'm just because I already gassed it up. I may just go with, again, just like the just just the Elizabeth betrayal, you know, and, and just of that two shot and just holding on that shot. It's like an, of the, the uncomplicatedness of it and just like in all the themes, just like crescendoing in that moment and then ending with yes, yeah, something just like jack goes into the cracking with a sword drawn in the way yeah it's 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 just the theme payoffs in that i i think are do for me again that end with that visual because again it's, it's a visual medium that visual of him entering the cracking with the sword it's just like like that's just what it's about man absolutely i just absolutely love it and, and if we were to do a very quick someone definitely died there like in this for this film what is the most like is i'm pretty sure i think the kraken did take several lives in this film as far as i'm concerned no, like i'm pretty the sure the amount of got like stuntmen you watch get like pulled off of masts and like thrown off ships <laughs> just far someone someone got around <laughs> i think for me it's gotta be yeah i mean uh those bone those bone hamster balls like oh yeah people getting thrown around in those <laughs> no regard for the human body in this film. Okay, if we had to put a definitive statement for Dead Man's Chance, we're putting a period on this discourse. It's like this: this is what this film is and what it ought to be remembered as. Right? This should be the legacy of this film. What would you guys? What would you guys say it is? For me, and like trying to like also understand maybe why this movie. Excuse me. Uh, trying to understand maybe why this movie got the reception that it did. It feels very, uh, and again, I'm not like saying that it reaches the heights of this, but it feels very like Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a very like kind of like drastic change in uh, in tone. I I think what maybe like frustrated people on this go around, which was like, like oh, like this movie's like kind of like undoing some arcs, and like this movie kind of like feels totally like all over the place like i think that's that's kind of where this these move this movie's strengths lie it's mm-hmm. i think this movie needs to be remembered not as like what very easily could have been which is like a cash grab like rehash of the first movie but mm-hmm. instead it's it's this like very bold i think it should be it it should be remembered for the swings that it takes rather than 
for like kind of like the franchisey like laziness, which I think it's been unfairly painted with. I think, it, yeah, this movie is a lot more a product of like insane creativity than like kind yeah. of like franchise fatigue. Um, well, so I'll, I'll build off of that by saying that I think that like we talked about the chaotic, you know, set pieces and action scenes being kind of like where like the heart and soul of the franchise and especially this movie lives mm -hmm. um beyond like also just some of the themes that it's exploring um but i i think that's a good metaphor for like the film as a whole that it's like it's kind of chaotic but mm -hmm. it's like controlled chaos and it should be remembered as such that there that there was a method to the madness yeah. um, meticulously so. orchestrated yeah exactly so i and i think People do, I think, think of Pirates as like a competent franchise, even if like not not so much by the end with the, you know, the, four and five. But <laughs> overall, like the originals, they're like, no, like there was there was something there. Like I had a lot of fun with those movies. And looking back, it's like they're even more fun now <laughs> than maybe they were as like for me as a kid, which is crazy. Mm hmm. No, love that. Yeah, they they could not be aging better. Yeah, chance. What yeah. about you? I mean, it's hard for me to like try and put a period on it. And um, I think the only thing that I really have left to say, and I, I it's it's what I started with, and it's what I'll end with. It's we're now at a point in the industry, and especially with large budget films, where we're once again undervaluing the contributions of the director and the actual technical team on films visual effects artists are overworked and underpaid directors mm. are you know just treated like trash budgets are thrown at actors who you know can demand as much cash as they want and are still working under awful conditions um producers have outsized control over scripts over um the sh over shooting schedules over shot compositions. I mean, movies are improvised, but they're made to be put together to disprove Reddit theories and, you know, check boxes hmm. for focus groups. Uh, yeah. Mm. And Pirates of the Caribbean really is one of the last franchises where someone with a strong creative vision and an incredible team of craftsmen and artists went for it. They swung for the fences, and the last thing you can say this movie lacks is personality. The last thing you can say is that it's inhuman. It is sloppy, sure, but it's not sloppy because no one tried. It's sloppy because everyone tried too hard. <laughs> um, yeah. And that, that, that should that. never be faulted. That should yeah. never be seen as uh, a mark against something. That is the, the the beginning of all great art. Yeah, it's sloppy because people are. <laughs> it's that's it, extremely well said, Chance. And yeah, like you said, like it's it's a film that goes for which is like is unfortunately like a rarity nowadays. And in even even I I would not agree with you, but even if you think maybe like a movie like this doesn't connect in the way like it doesn't reach its ambitions, it's like. Swing for the fences in this way, not connecting, is so much more interesting than just like the middling, like ceiling capped 
again, just like middle of the road entries we get, like quality controlled, overly focused grouped, you know, type of IP blockbuster stuff we get today. And this film, yeah, it, it has an age a day in, in every, not just visually, kind of in every, well, the visuals more than anything, but yeah, like in, in any filmmaking or craft sense, it puts so many other common like blockbusters today to shame. And was just unfortunately, yeah, just a victim of silly expectations, right? And and what people and people's, you know, of, of what people wanted after that first film, which is film what films still suffer from nowadays and will always be an issue. But yeah, just how brave and confident this movie is, like in itself, right? And to do what yeah, what the creators want to do and follow their vision because they believe that's what best. And just like the fearlessness, right, uh, of, again, to, like you said, to take these characters and the story in this direction, again, and not in a completion grade way. Like it, it, the way it capitalizes on those is so admirable and so effective in what makes this movie so special. And like, and even just in like an action filmmaking sense, like if you're making, if you've been tasked to make like a big budget action film in 2023 like again if you're one of those poached indie filmmakers who it's like oh like you're you're making thunderbolts now or something you know like you're 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 making you're making young avengers now and you've only made one other like sundance film it's like if you just watch this movie i think your action scenes will be at least 10 percent better than they would have been like honestly like it's so like this film is you can just learn from this film because it's just so it, it reaches the heights of like of almost like any other like act of any other set pieces you can find in any other film, which is just again at the minimum that's what this has that this brings to the table. But what makes it special is that's bringing so much more, like what Matteo said, and so many addition additional layers and dynamics. So, uh, yeah, I think just things this thing to us just unequivocally bangs, and that this ought to be like in like like a centerpiece, like a, a jewel in the crown of just like twenty first century action films. You know, like it's it's. It's a special film, right? And it's just, at the very least, you will be entertained, you know? <laughs> it's, it may sound like a very simple statement, but yeah, I mean, any any lingering thoughts you guys want to get off your chest about? I feel like, about I feel like we just chest. went to the end of the world. I, I feel like we just yeah. went to, yeah. to World's End. That, that, that book is closed. <laughs> this I, 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 we, I, I'm going to email, I, I always joke about this, I'm going to email this to Gore. I'm sure he'd love to hear it like this. He, he deserves to hear it. Gore That's deserves no, yeah. to know Gore's, how much he's cooked. No, justice right. for Gore, man. Truly, no, whenever, whenever that life. next movie comes out, whenever that is, yes. you know I'm 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 buying the I'm buying the whole theater out. <laughs> Grandma stays <laughs> in the cage until Gore gets his next movie. That's actually true. Um, I'm 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 organizing my uh my 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 terror campaign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously. It's like, what are we doing? We that that's when our country will begin. I'm, to I'm gonna I'm gonna king a comedy some people <laughs> until Gore gets a movie. <laughs> king a comedy Bob Iger. Just, just, just get Bob Gore behind Iger. the gigger. Oh. <laughs> okay. That being said, Chance, thank you so much for joining us. That that was thank an absolute course. blast. That was I can't can't imagine do, doing this pod without you. And that being said, next next week, next week kicks off. A, a a month long campaign and and trek and and potentially uh I'm I'm readjusting in my chair yeah the roller coaster bars are going over potentially dangerous water the most dangerous waters we've ever experienced yet on this pod and that is we are for the entire month of December we will be covering all of the Disney post Disney acquisition Star Wars films so that were that will be the sequel trilogy episode seven eight nine as well as the spinoffs Solo and Rogue One and so. Yeah, buckle up. We'll Pray be, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will be doing, uh, I, I believe, Solo Week 1, Rogue One Week 2, and then Week 3, 
will be purely just the pregame for the sequel trilogy re- rewatch. And then week four, Christmas week, will be our post-watch on the entire sequel trilogy. Episodes seven, eight, and nine, all in one episode. <laughs> this is it is we and we're all deleting reddit off of our devices is <laughs> we don't want to hear any, any flack and we're disabling all comments and that, that, that's what this one has, has in store for us but yes hope you guys all, all join us for that ride then and we will we'll see you all soon we'll see you all on the we will see you all at world's end actually i think at world's end is just last jedi discourse but we will see you <laughs> We'll see you all. Don't take on. me back. Do not take me back. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, that's my Dunkirk. <laughs> no, it is. I was on the front lines and that shit was scary. <laughs> if we go back, we die. No. That being said, thank you all for listening this far. And we will see you all very, very soon. <laughs>